I came here because you're going to get killed. Your computer is going to fail. You got a college and university advisory board telling you they need a powerful workstation for two to three thousand. You price next at sixty five hundred, and that doesn't include the optional three thousand dollar hard drive, which people discover isn't optional because the optical disc is too weak to do anything, and the twenty five hundred dollar laser printer brings the total twelve thousand dollars. And in the entire world, you are the only person that cares that it's housed in a perfect cube. You're gonna get killed. And I came here to stand next to you while that happens because that's what friends do. That's what men do. I don't need your pass. We go back, so don't talk to me like I'm other people. I'm the only one that knows that this guy here is someone you invented. And I'm standing by you because that perfect cube that does nothing is about to be the single biggest failure in the history of podcasting. Tell me something else I don't know. You added one extra word. What's that? It's just tell me something. Oh, no, you did. You got it perfect. I got it perfect. It's you got awesome. it perfect. It's definitely awesome. You got it perfect. I didn't cue David the line. I wanted to see if he would know the response. I mean, but I don't, you didn't even need my, rip. you you had it. No, but it's a nice little punchline. Yeah, sure. Should I, I mean, put podcast in from the beginning, maybe, instead of every time he says the word computer or mm, variation thereof? I no, think I think you, I think you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. did great. You did yeah. great. I like, I don't know if you noticed this. I've been trending towards uh, quotes that make it sound like our podcast is terrible. Yeah, you like to do that. Because I just think, why not get it out of the way? I'm kind of surprised you didn't go, I'm going to put a thousand podcasts in your pocket. So I thought you might do that because that is the, I almost the most derided quote from this movie correct. in a way. Incorrectly. Incorrect. <laughs> co our guest is correct that it is incorrectly we're derided. Gonna, we're going to get to it. Sure. Well, we're going to get to everything. We're not going to leave one stone unturned, my friend. Also, can I just can I'm trying I to think of? But I'm trying to think of other, you know, sitters that you could have. That was a good one. I'm trying to think of what else. I play the orchestra. I feel like is that's one of the biggest I exchange, which comes right before this. But it doesn't. Yeah. You can't. You can't slop podcast in as clean. Well, it's like hosts play their instruments. I podcast the orchestra. I, I right. was thinking you could have done um, when Lisa is talking, think different. You're asking people to think differently. You could have said that looks like Judy Jetson's Easy Bake podcast. Mm. That's a good burn. Mm. She kind of she kind of kicks him. his ass there. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She folds him like laundry. Mm -hmm. David, recently we did our episode on Sunshine. I should say, I should say, I should say what this is. I should say what we're doing here. The single biggest failure in the history of modern podcasting. This is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear. Sometimes they bounce baby. This is an odd case of a movie very much still being a post-Oscar blank check for Danny Boyle despite coming off of two relative disappointments, an underperformer and an outright flop. But this is a bit of a blank check, even though everyone involved in this movie knows that they were not the first choice. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not his blank <laughs> check. It's such an odd case. It's like, Sorkin's blank check. He got to do the movie sort of. his way. He did. He but, had plenty of ideas. He brought his own sensibility to right. it. But yeah, he was. He and Fassbender yeah. were coming and knowing their bridesmaids yeah. and knowing that yeah. the public knows that. That's Which, the other that was unique the thing. Well, I, I'm... That and I'm sure you agree with me. I think that was the problem. Yeah. And I rarely think people care about inside baseball stuff like that. But I do think this movie came out 
And it was kind of like, you know, this was actually going to be a big uh, fucking movie star movie. Anyway, it's got Magneto in it. I don't know. Enjoy. Look, Trance is just an odd duck in the middle of the trance? two. I have not seen Trance. <laughs> it's a weird one. Olivia? I don't Check oh. it out. I might I even know. say, I might even say required. Might even say <sighs> must see. I might okay. even say okay. we're giving it. <laughs> What's our new, we need a new must see title. Uh, the blanky seal of approval. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you. I think you'll. Um, I think you'll appreciate its uh, chaotic nature. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If nothing else, and it's yeah. hey, it's short. It's short. It's great. Is that, is that the selling point that it's short? McAvoy. And well, now I am. Rosario sold. Dawson. Okay. Vincent Cassell. Yeah, sure. They're all horny. They're all crazy. It's They're got, all doing twists. An all-star cast and a distinct lack of pubic hair, which is a really good combination for a modern thriller. And it's not the kind of thing you would think matters crucially to the plot, but, but it in does. trance, it does. Almost nothing has mattered more to any plot. Um, but anyway, anyway, yes. I, I, I All of this to say, trance odd duck in the middle, right? But coming uh, sure. off of Slumdog Millionaire. He won Best Picture for Slumdog Millionaire. For a fucking a huge international hit. blockbuster, yep, still, right? Mm -hmm. And then everyone's like, Danny Bull, he's going to be able to keep delivering these fucking Oscar triumphs. These accessible, broad, emotional Oscar triumphs. He does two movies in a row that on paper felt like they should have worked. And in both cases, they kind of got fucked by narratives outside of their control. Yes. I mean, I think... At the end of the day, everyone involved in 127 Hours can be like, look, we got a Best Picture nomination. Absolutely. Sure. It was a success. There it was, was a just that success. moment where, where, as is often the case with blank check filmmakers, when a movie becomes such an unexpected blockbuster, people go, I guess this guy has the formula now. He's got the magic recipe. If he could turn Slumdog Millionaire into like a $400 million success, he'll make the fucking arm in a cave movie work. Yeah. This yeah, will sure. be a hit. I forgot that. Slumdog Millionaire was like that big of a movie. Humongous. Huge. It, is, it was everywhere. I mean, when Everything Everywhere won, yeah. my editor asked me at the Atlantic, yeah. where I work, um, you know, what was the last film that was this big a hit? And I immediately knew the answer because we're doing this podcast. I was right. like, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. That's the last movie that was a genuine hit. Um, that and and, and uh, Slumdog Millionaire made more than twice as much as everything. Yes. Everywhere all at once so domestically crazy. and like three times as much worldwide. Four times as much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. King's Speech also did quite well. Slumdog did better. Yeah. But, you know, but no, Slumdog. But no, but those were the last yeah. two that were like... They're like big... And yeah, obviously and King's also, Speech was a very uh, successful post-Oscar type But, but thing, this is it, this thing we've been talking about. I mean, examining the oddness of Slumdog, a thing that feels like it couldn't totally happen on that scale anymore, uh, that there are movies that become hits because of the Oscar campaign. Yeah. Like everything like ever all the at tide once. Of right. The that's Oscar that's campaign. the final victory yeah. lap for a movie that was already a hit. And these were movies that like caught on. The Oscar buzz made them big. They continued to play big. They played big for months after winning. All this to say, this is a miniseries on the films of Danny Boyle. It is called Train Spod Casting. Yeah. Yeah, you literally called it something else in uh, our last episode. My brain's been a little fried. Uh, two episodes ago, actually. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I no, called it Slum Pod Million look, Cast. 127 Hours yeah. does okay, gets a best picture now. Yeah. Trance, that comes out, and everyone's like, let's just, hey, I didn't see it. You didn't see it. You know, let's <laughs> you know, just forget about it. Yeah, and yeah. look, it does help him that, like, everyone every, gets one of those, right? I have, absolutely. And everyone loved the Olympic <laughs> ceremony. And it's like, well, yeah, he was, double, oh he was doing double duty. He yeah, was whatever. doing both at Who the same time. That was the Fox Searchlight deal that was post Slumdog anything you want under $40 million immediate green light. So he does two of those. One of them does okay. One of them does horrifically. But it's like, 
Trance didn't because Trance wasn't expensive. Right, it couldn't even be what it wasn't a failure. I don't I mean, think it, it was, was held against him. Yeah, but it's not like a noxious bomb. It's more just no. a kind of like let's just agree we're just going to put that one in a box. I don't think it sticks to him, but I also think Fox Searchlight is like maybe not anything. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you have to explain the movie to sure. us before now, he, we give you the money. He has yet to work with them again. Yeah, uh, he makes this for Universal. Of mm-hmm. course, this was a Sony project, of as course. I'm sure we will discuss. Mm-hmm. But of course, this was distributed by the good folks at the Spinning Globe of yes. Universal. Yes, and then T2 Train Spotting is Sony, Sony as well. Uh-huh. Uh, although obviously that's like film four. Yeah, and, and then yesterday he went right Universal. back to the Spinning Globe. Right, and he was almost always a Fox guy in one way or another up until this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which also maybe accounts for his slowdown of his career. Like Fox really seemed to well, hey, thank you. Open the doors wide for him. Today we're talking Steve Jobs. Yep. Our guest today, returning to the show for the fourth, maybe, maybe fifth. This is the question. Uh, Wait a second. Rachel getting married. Rachel getting married. For love, a game. Flight. Flight. Uh, Mikey and Nikki. Fuck. Wow. I actually okay. So we did it, Joe. Here's the deal. Yeah. Hang my jersey up in the rafters. You're, because you're out? This is the this is the only other movie I'd ever want to talk wow. about. Wow. No, You'll that's be, not true. Wow. But this is, I think, yeah. despite being helmed by two non-Americans, mm. one of the great American films. Very yeah. true. This is like all I have ever wanted to talk about on this show. Wow. And now we're here and we're doing it. Yeah. Thank God. Thank and can God. I tell you mm-hmm. a funny story? Please. Which is that many, we many... We love funny it's stories. It's kind of here, a funny story. It's kind of a funny story starring mm-hmm. Zach Galifianakis. Mm. Anyone um, else think they were teasing that they're going to do a Bowden Fleck miniseries next? David's a kind of a funny story <laughs> and then they all paused. Does anyone else think... It would fit in really well. It's only eight episodes. I like us jumping on the Doughboys bandwagon of outright mocking our listeners. I'm trying to find the right... Because Wags has the best stupid Wags has listener the, uh, voice. I don't like that they did right. that. Like this, uh, yeah. And yeah. then Scott on Podcast The Ride has started a really good one now. He's like, actually, I love the trees they put in the theme park. <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta find gotta our find your voice. annoying guy voice. Anyway, sorry. Give us a funny story. Okay, so many years ago... I was walking down the street in the East Village Mm -hmm. and my friend, I was on my way to my friend's apartment and he called me and he said, can you look into the window of Whitman's, this restaurant on 7th Street, Mm -hmm. and see who is in there? You'll see him. He's famous, but I don't know who he is. I look in and immediately I'm like, it's Danny Boyle and he's eating a hamburger. (sighs) Wait a second. Years after that, I called in to the (sighs) burger hotline. What? And I said, I one time saw Danny Boyle eating a burger. And now, years after that, you can finally get it on the air. Here I am. I think it got on the air. It may is have the thing? On the air. But my, is this before we knew you? Yes, before when I was simply a fan. You're, you know what? My Olivia? brother texted me and was like, "Did you call into what was it called? The Burger Report? The Burger yeah. Report? Okay." My brother texted me. Shout I never out to your heard brother. It. Great follow on your letterbox. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Did you call in?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think a while ago." And he was like, "Well, I just heard it because I guess I wasn't sticking around to so the end of the episodes. I think you did. Did yeah. we?" Unknowingly play Olivia Craig. You did. Oh my god. <laughs> Olivia, I regret to inform you. You are correct. This is your last episode. Yeah. No. It's no. full circle. It's full circle. That's kind of the thing. How's is it that get like fucking better than but that? Then, How could you get better than this? Make new friends, but keep, keep the old Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> this is, I think this is the first I have time. Strap. 
someone has gone from burger reporter yeah. to guest and unknowingly only finding out in the fifth appearance as it all ties in back Incredible. together. And ha- and how did Danny look eating this? He burger? looked great. The how- burger at Whitman's is great. Yeah. Normal size nog. No. <laughs> He looks like James and the Giant Peach. He, like, he looks like little stop motion. Whitman's was the place that did the Juicy Lucy, right? They Not also to... do the peanut butter on the burger. It's one yeah, of the few places stuff. you can get peanut butter. It's, uh, it's still Midwestern. there. Midwestern. Yeah, yeah, no, I've been there. Yeah, 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 yeah. good shit. Yeah. 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 It's good shit. Juicy Lucy, please. Yeah. David's getting over strep. I'm off to throat. direct Steve Jobs. Hmm? Well, David is getting over strep throat. I sure am. And Olivia was saying he sounds he sounds more NPR today because there's a little bit of uh, gravel. You, well, but you were also saying kind of, um, you know, Wolfman Jack. Well, yeah, right? a little yeah. like late night radio. And I, and I said, shorty ball. Shorty balls. David sounded shorty balls. Yeah. Um, I, I, we I, should, yeah. though, uh, we'll play, we'll replay. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we'll find it. The burger report at the okay, end of this I episode. Might I, like, sound totally different. Like, I have, I don't remember when I sent it in. Oh, my God. Hi, guys. Yeah, literally, I might sound like that. I might, I think I was in college. I wow. think I was truly, like, a, a baby. You you were baby. I was baby. Um, That is amazing. Um, Steve Jobs is our film. I can't remember when we first admitted to each other that, not that this is some dark secret, but when we first... Agreed that we both love the movie Steve Jobs. Yeah, it's kind of something that's like spoken about in dark rooms it, almost. It, it, certainly in those early years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, those I think it's like sort of come around. Now? To, it's like like 10 degrees below like what Master and Commander is no. now. Master and Commander's <laughs> entered some. That's like that's stadium like, tours. But, I, but right. I, think, I think in 20 years, however long it's been since Master and Commander, Jeez, I think Steve has, Jobs will have a hive. That since is Master and like, Commander? Yeah, 2003. Yeah. Um, yes, I think you're right. I think in 2035, as the 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 nice warm Atlantic Ocean is lapping in our faces <laughs> yeah. or whatever's going on, you'll by still then. be writing for the Atlantic. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. boy, I got a new boss. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I do. I do feel. I do find that this film's esteem has only grown. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's partly because when it came out, it was received kind of tepidly. And was perceived as a disappointment. Can I get this out of the way? Yeah, you didn't like it. Absolutely not. I you even, thought it was boring. I thought it was stinky poo-poo. Oh I, I don't God. think I thought it was boring. Did I you? Was, okay. I remember you just kind of being like, boring. No. 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 That was not no. my... That was not my take. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> no, I I was, I was kind of... Uh, it was a Sorkin breaking point for me. Oh, really? It was a, like, wow. I can't abide by this anymore. It, well, this is all of this out of control. Shit. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Well, looking back at that now, well, it's... Well, yes. <laughs> Look, we're, we're, We have to... Okay. Didn't I'm, know how good we had Yeah, exactly. In a lot this of ways. This is kind of, like, a great Sorkin piece to me, especially with the context of what happens after this. I agree, and I think I also was, perhaps, like, too many other people caught up on the, like... Fuck, but imagine the fucking version with Bale and Fincher, you know? Or like, imagine if Ridley Scott did this. Imagine if David's ex. Can I? Yeah, can I say a version with Bale would not be as good as this one? A version with DiCaprio, I think, would be bad. Probably. I think DiCaprio I mean, would have. It's one of those things yeah. where you're kind of like, oh, look. I'd pay to see what that sure, looks like as long yeah. as it doesn't take my movie away. Sure. But I can't imagine that being a good idea. No. I remember my big take being at the time that I wish Danny Boyle and Ridley Scott had swapped projects and Danny Boyle had done The Martian and Ridley Scott had done this. That's crazy. Those are two amazing movies. 
That was my take at the time. It's a bad take. And I liked The Martian. Um, but but that it, the movie comes out in the first year of us doing this podcast. We disagreed on it over the years. Yeah, your opinion of this film has only grown. I That's have, the thing. I've I never liked this film it. a lot. Yes, but I too had shame, <laughs> and yes, in my heart, yes, and and I you know I think I was probably putting it more like a sort of an eight out of ten or whatever. Like uh-huh. I thought it was good. But I was kind of in my head, like, I can't think that that's the best, the sort of failed sure. Steve Jobs biopic. How embarrassing and middle brow uh-huh. of me to think, you know, Danny Boyle. And, you know, you have the, th- oh, Fincher. Oh, well, what would oh, he have done? Oh, well, it would have been well, so scary well. and everyone yeah. would have been mean. Oh, yeah. very, yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what that movie needs. Yes. Um, and then I watched it again. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I took my uh, then girlfriend, <laughs> now my ex girlfriend, aka my wife. Condolences. That's a, that's a John Mulaney joke. Yeah. Um, and then he, of course, yeah, split up with his wife. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's not less funny part of the joke. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know. Um, and I remember I took uh, Forky to see it, mm-hmm. and I walked out of that. You know, you know. So I first saw it at the New York Film Festival, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah. And then yeah. I took it, saw Fork, took it Forky, and she was like. That sucked. And I was uh, like, ah, yeah, I think I liked it more. That was my kind of opinion. And the face you made of just like, I was exhausted <laughs> no, by thank this you. thing. Right. This uh, wore me down. I watched it again with her last night. I was like, yeah. remember, you saw this with me in the theater. And she was like, no memory of that whatsoever. Don't do not remember that. You yeah. are lying. Wow. And I'm like, no, no. We went to the Regal Court Street. We saw uh-huh. it. Uh, watched it with her. Sobbed through the whole movie because that's what it does to me now. And sure. she was like. More positive on it, maybe, but yeah, you know, was also like shopping on her laptop for most of it. Eight years of doing this show, hmm. you've had Ooh. this this growing relationship with it, and then we make friends. We have recurring guests on the show, like sure. Olivia, like Alex Ross Perry. Yep. They're people who are entering our orbits, who are like secretly. I love this too. I think it's a masterpiece. So I've just, I have not, I've let go of my opinion outside of, I didn't like it at the time. Sure. In, in preparing to watch this. Yeah. And then watched it last night mm. and was like, what was the moment where I started to turn on this watching it in theaters? Uh-huh. I remember going into it incredibly excited. Sure. And then my, my enthusiasm. Because we were all pretty pro-Sorkin because of Absolutely. Social Network yeah. and Moneyball. Money, Moneyball. Right. You know, we were all kind of like, he's back. He, now the newsroom was out there and we were all kind of being like, the, well. The newsroom yeah. was hard. As some as a Sorkinista, I did watch every episode of the newsroom. The thing about the newsroom is Sorkin himself is like, he's eh, doesn't. He's kind of, he's I like, I swung up. hard yeah. and yeah. I missed, yeah. which is, which is cool of him. Jeff Daniels is like, best role I ever had. Yes. And it's like, all right, Jeff. <laughs> like, of course he <laughs> thinks that. He's the center. He I gets can't to make monologue. Right. He gets to do so much. Uh, but But I, yes, I think... I, I'm watching it going, huh, I'm Where enjoying this. Where did it lose this. me? Sure, sure, sure. What's the moment I start to turn on this thing? Okay. And the only moment where I really felt it started to push back on me was fucking A Thousand Songs in Your Pocket. Oh, God, it's and so I, that, good. That was understand. so stuck in my craw <sighs> from when I saw it the first time. And I was like, I was enjoying everything so thoroughly that I was like, you know what? This line's going to play differently from this time. Now this movie's working for me. It's going to hit. And I'm not saying I flipped over my laptop. I'm not saying it turned the movie negative for me. But I did bump on it. Can I ask what about it is like sticking in your craw? Why don't people like it? Because I really... Let's just jump to the fucking... Let's just do it. cannot understand. You already brought up the beginning, which is why I think we need to say I really have watched this movie so many times. And I pretty much like everything else about the movie. And every time I watch it, though, we get to that scene, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, 
How could you not love you, this? You're waiting for it. Like, I'm, waiting whatever, for, I'm waiting for yeah, it to click to, to me to, why people are like, yeah. this is so stupid. I think I, I will let Griffin talk, but I do think people just sort of felt like too obvious. We don't need him to sure. say that. We don't need, like, we, we know he's going to invent the iPod. He doesn't need to, uh, you know, uh, articulate I that. Think, I think that's a part of it for me. I think the larger part of it for me, and perhaps this is a very, very pedantic complaint. Yeah, but didn't really fit in pockets that well early on. Well, you had to swap shirts with someone who had the pocket that was the right size. No, um, no I think it is the fact that he looks at her, he looks at the Walkman, he sort of like snaps his finger and points at her, and then delivers it as what was then the final tagline we knew to sell the iPad iPod. The iPod was a thousand songs in your pocket, yeah, 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 sure. right? Right. I think if he went, you know what? I'm going to make something uh -huh. so you can get rid of that stupid Walkman. Right. I'm going to invent something small. I'll put a thousand songs in your pocket. Right. It would bump for me less than the fact that he looks at her and goes, I'm going to put a thousand songs in your pocket. And he just immediately first draft lands on the billboard. But that's what he's... He knows like the number. Thing. I but, know. But, but, okay, it's two things, though. Yeah. One, of course, that is kind of his whole mystique. Yes. Right? But two, he can only relate to his daughter that, through yeah. his own fucking I inventions. It's so incredible and tragic. He can I, only... He only knows... How to make promises. The only way he can reach her in this moment yes. of absolute humanity, like she's so distraught, is he's like, What if I made a better fucking Walkman for uh, you? But I and you're like just like, that. Oh my because God. Because it's also like, I am now sold on that. Right. I don't like him saying literally verbatim, okay. I'm going to put grass. a thousand. Touch it. I do. Don't fucking touch grass. It sucks. No, it doesn't. iPods are The better. other thing about that scene. Yeah. This is, is why that, I was worried about having strep for this recording. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is that he tries to relate to her the other way. Of he course. says, he says, I want to read one of your essays right, right now. Yes. As if she has it. Yeah, in of course. Car. I'm glad that she doesn't but go he's like, like uh, trying to, one. He's trying right. to be a human for like two seconds and yes. it doesn't work. And then the only way he can be like, I love you. Yes. Is to say this thing. And I understand that it's like too clean. I like it dramatically. Yeah. I don't like movie. the line. Is an Aaron Sorkin script yeah. of people I mean, reciting like, like legal so briefs Sorkin to each other. I, it's I have, insane. I have accepted all of this now. Oh, okay. I We're have. starting this off with a crazy energy. No, because it was, look, when I it saw was it, inevitable. I just went and I knew what the I'm structure, so passionate. I knew what the structure of this movie was, right? Yeah. There had been so much shit with the Sony hack, the script bouncing around for so Every, long. And, but also, it had just been talked about. The Sorkin right. was so good at selling himself right. where he's like, Yes, it's a big unwieldy autobiography, but right. I've, I've summed it into three scenes. It's brilliant. You know? well, also, there was this thing. We're going to get into all of this, right? But there was this whole thing of just like, Steve Jobs dies very suddenly, dramatically. It makes a huge impact culturally. Cancer. And everyone goes, well, fuck. They got to they gotta make the Steve Jobs movie, right? Well, it wasn't just that he died. The book came right out right yes. around the same time. And yeah. And it's like, well, this is going to be the thing. And suddenly, like, multiple... Who like, will play Steve Jobs? Multiple projects are popping up. But the whole promise, everyone, I think, went, well, Aaron Sorkin should write a Steve Jobs movie. Like, it was just the immediate yeah. assumption from everyone of, that's what would make sense. We all just love social networks. What, what are the phone calls that Sorkin gets yeah. that he doesn't say yes to? Because I'm sure there are some. Because like sure. that's the thing you always hear. It's the same with the fucking Chicago 7 movie was that right. Spielberg was just like, you know about the Chicago 7? And Sorkin's like, not really. A little bit. 
He's like, well, you should make a movie That's about it. That's Sorkin's thing with like all of his like real life stuff is that someone comes to him right. and is because like, because Sorkin's just a weirdo. Yeah, someone like I think for the Social Network, the like book proposal was going around, right. and someone was like, "You read this? Like, you know anything about Facebook?" And he was like, "No." You but, never hear Sorkin being like, you know, I was in my Russian history phase. Right. Like, it's like I don't, I don't yeah. know what Aaron Sorkin does all day, but it's not like absorb things like people just sort of no. put stuff in front yes, of him he and he sort like, of like figures out the angle i basically didn't know what facebook was and the book didn't exist yet yeah. i right. was it writing was a proposal. the movie parallel right. to them writing the book it was just the notion of this guy's in two lawsuits simultaneously right yeah and but the, he was like well that's my in and then clever. i have to figure out what the fuck facebook is but but the other thing is that he's just like you know what he did it because he's trying to get over a girl and everyone's like well, I that I mean, sure, maybe there was some girl, absolutely, I, and that's probably bullshit. And he's like, "Well, I'm doing it," and you're like, "Well, that was a great idea by you. Good job, yeah. buddy." And and similarly, look, he's using it, the Steve Jobs movie. He's putting so much through the prism of him as a father and as I mean, a son. It's, right? It's well, there's three movies in a row that he writes that I call the Sorkin Dad trilogy: Moneyball, mm-hmm. this, yeah, Molly's game, yeah. They're all so clearly about yes. it's very his experience as a very flawed like, father. Yeah, being yeah. like uh, as the father of a daughter, like as a kind of fucked up guy. And, yeah, like, and also one of these guys who's basically like, I, I, I would maybe be dead if I hadn't had this kid. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Like this. Sort of the, the right. te- even though I know I'm a I'm a I'm a flawed dad. For all my failings, this, this is, is the tether. only thing right. that has even saved me to a degree. And he relates yeah. to these people. Yes. Billy Bean. Mm. Steve Jobs, mm. Molly's dad. <laughs> His name, I don't know. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, uh, he relates to them in ways that are, are are crucial to the success of those movies. Yeah, yeah, like to their flaws. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, everyone the the public is basically like assuming this movie will exist. Well, that obviously, Fincher and Sorkin should just make the Steve Jobs movie. Well, right. It was because they'd made a tech movie together as right. well. It's like, yeah, sure. Right, and a movie that everyone loved that was a huge hit that was like a, a big Oscar player mm. but ended up being an also-ran outside of Sorkin winning the one, you know, major award for that movie. It wins no, editing and score. Won editing and score. Yeah. Sorkin didn't win, did he? Sorkin won screenplay Sorkin won that. because he shouts out to his daughter. He's like, yeah, Roxy, he go to bed. It starts the daughter trilogy. Yeah. He gives the speech so King's for the speech, daughter. Was King's Speech seen as original? Adapted. No. Oh, oh no, King's Social Speech Network was original. Was You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because I remember the King's yes. Speech guy winning. Yes. Because he was a guy who'd had a stutter and he gave this like whole like, that's why this mattered to Wasn't me so much. Wasn't he also like 80 and yeah, it was, was like first a really old play. guy. He was like, oh, right. yeah, I don't remember what he <laughs> It's never like. too late. Um, right. He did win. Okay. So, right. Yeah. yeah. It was the, um, I remember it was the score win for Social Network that was the most surprising. Because yes. that felt like, well, if you fucking vibed with that. Right. right. Why are you assholes not giving it best picture? Like, you get it. Yeah. You like the score. The score is the weirdest part. Yeah. What a great movie that is. Just felt like an ob- oh, it's perfect. Yeah. It just felt like an obvious Do you like thing. Social Network? I I okay. I love I love the social network so much so that when I was a teenager, I owned it on DVD, would mm. watch it on the family computer all the way through, started again with the commentary course, so I could listen to Fincher and Sorkin do their thing. I was on like social network Tumblr, which was kind of vibrant community (laughs) in the day. Like, I am all in... Tumblr about Facebook? Yeah, Tumblr about Facebook, but Tumblr specifically about Mark and Eduardo and, like, and Andrew and Jesse because they had kind of a a lot of chemistry Mm. during their press tour. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I love that movie. I think Andrew Garfield could have chemistry with a paper bag. He really kind of seems like his vibe, yeah. Yeah. And as much as I love that movie and I love David Fincher movies, Mm -hmm. I think... 
he would have made a completely different Yeah, movie. look, I will see any David Fincher movie. Yeah. yeah. I would see David Fincher, Steve Jobs, but One I don't think it would be sure. the movie I love. We love the Finch. Man. We do love the Finch, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're just doing Doughboys. We're bits just doing Doughboys bits. Podcast. Hold them like Andre. Um, yep. Um, but as you say, okay, the public is like Sorkin and Fincher, get together. We have the movie in our mind's eye. Now, where's Bale? Was the where's Bale? Bale had just won the Oscar. He's Batman, I suppose, as well. The he's Batman run has ended, and he's won an Academy Award. Right. So he's he's exited. Yes. The what don't you fucking understand? Period of his life. Yes. And has entered the I'm getting nominated for Oscars left and right. Right. I'm now seen as kind of like an A-tier yes. actor. Right. Respectable prestige actor. It seemed like, like he doesn't want to go back to franchise shit. He's going to do serious movies. In fact, let me start on the dust. And there's a bit of resemblance between him and Steve Jobs. I guess so. It, the whole thing is like Kutcher kind of looks like young Steve Jobs, which of course right. is why they, and we can touch yeah. on Kutcher. We can touch on. Um, I had the ambition of watching the Kutcher movie okay. in preparation for this, and I did I not. did too. I watched yeah. the trailer, which the does thing. feature a Macklemore needle drop and yes. about three different shots of Kutcher letting out like a primal scream. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. But that is yeah. a, and I have seen it, but I haven't seen it. Like that is a much more straight forward yeah. like let's bottle his whole life up right like right. we'll just we'll, that is you know, the greatest hits i think i was listening i was listening to sorkin talk about something and he said that that is the exact movie he didn't want to make right. the movie that like starts with a little boy at the electronic store <laughs> it kind and of like, cradle to grave yeah exactly yes. and yeah. he was like why would i want to make that movie but also it's like he dies people start circulating the photos of young steve jobs and people are like oh he looks like ashton kutcher and you're like this one time period yeah, this yeah. one time period with this one haircut it right. really is all it is right the thing with bale the thing with anyone is like, I don't know, just cut their hair, put them in a turtleneck. They kind of sure. put some glasses on them. They kind of sure. start to look like Steve Jobs. He's yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't have like a tattoo on his face or something. He's like a somewhat generic looking guy. Right. Bale's yeah. got a pretty, you know, yeah. straightforward Anglo-Saxon face. Yeah. So in September 28th, 2001. Mm -hmm. 2001. One. Okay. 2011. Okay. So a week before Steve Jobs dies. Okay. Sony CEO Michael Linton and producer Mark Gordon are given the chance to read Walter Isaacson's biography of Steve Jobs, which is about to come out in a month. What month did you say this was? September 2011. Okay, so this is the same year that Social Network loses the Oscar. That's true. Yes, exactly, yes. exactly. Yeah. They read this book. Have Has anyone in the room read Walter Isaacson's Steve Jobs? No. no. David raises How is his it? hand. It's great. Um... It's a 650-page book, but they sit down and they read it in his agency. Mm -hmm. They call Amy Pascal, and she buys the rights. $1 million up front, $2 million more if the project gets made. So okay. a hefty commitment from Sony Pictures. Now, basically, everyone had known that Jobs' health had been up and down for years because you would see at the keynotes, he he'd come he out. Gone right, and then they'd bit. be like, he's on the mend, and then he'd show up for the next one and he'd be skeletal and whatever. Yes. That book was very much him sort of trying to like get his legacy put on record while he still had yes. the time. He gave Isaacs an incredible amount of access essentially right. knowing that he was possibly going so to So even reading that book a month before he dies they're basically seeing like oh this guy's about to go. This is going to be the time to strike and do the definitive Obviously thing. it's yeah. not like the book was going always going to come out October. Sure. But like so it was it was accidental that it came out right after he died. But right, he, I he think certainly things got worse faster than people yeah, thought. Well, it was yeah. pancreatic cancer, and yeah. he didn't seek normal treatment for it. Yeah, um, it was actually a special kind of cancer. Like it was treatable. It doesn't matter. You can read sure. that in the book. Yes. Um, 
So then they decide, let's bring in a bunch of really chill, normal people. Scott Rudin <laughs> and Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. And Rudin and Sorkin are like long time. They worked, pals. obviously, Rudin produces the social network. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then in they continue screaming at yeah. interns and throwing ashtrays or whatever he did. Is that the first one, though? Is that the first I feel like Rudin they, Sorkin thing? Well, it certainly wasn't the last because yeah. Rudin Sorks. also did To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. I mean, he sure did. This is the insane thing is the reason why To Kill a Mockingbird closed, yeah. uh, or, or rather, didn't reopen. Um, after being the most successful straight play in the history of Broadway, it was very successful. It's because basically Sorkin was like, "We, you cannot be making money off the show, right? You need yeah. to right. take your name off of it." And he was like, "Fine, you can't fire me. I quit." And I'm and then the there show goes all the money. Yeah. Held the show hostage, yeah. and Sorkin was like, "I refuse to reopen it if if Rudin's attached." Yeah, well, Scott Rudin's an asshole. Yeah, um, and he can fucking come at me if he wants to argue that point. Yeah, just clear all the phones out of the room before he does. Seriously. Yeah. Definitely no heavy ashtrays. No. Right. Or was that Weinstein? Someone threw ashtrays. One of those guys. I don't know. They're all Um, bad people. Everyone's bad. Sorkin, Olivia, as you say, reads the book, but is like, I don't want to do a cradle to grave thing, right? Mm -hmm. I want to do something else. He has this sort of play like construct in his head, the three acts. Mm -hmm. It's three product launches, it's three backstage. Steve Jobs needs to talk to everyone he's ever known his entire life before he announces a new product. Yes, it's it's the walk hard yeah. approach. Um, Five million dollars is what he collects for this screenplay. Mm-hmm. He actually reduced that salary later to try and get the movie made. Wow. Which, uh, okay. You know, yep. but uh, they're paying him a handsome fee for a screenwriter. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's the moment where like everyone wants him to do right. it. He knows he, he just can won an Oscar. name his like, price. Yeah. And once yeah. again, he's like, I didn't really know anything about Steve Jobs. Yeah. I knew the bullet points of that guy's life like everybody else. Like, I, you know, the book is new to me. What's right. funny also about him is that at the, like, after the movie is made, he's like, I still don't really get it. He's like, I don't know. He's like, he's always like rectangles with rounded corners. Right. Okay. Sure. Sure. But he had to like figure out how, why this man was a god. Yeah. Which is what's so amazing about the movie. But yes, I think what he's relating to in this book, though, what a, what a flawed person, mm-hmm. bundle of contradictions. Why does he behave in ways that don't make sense, but he wants everything he makes to be, like, perfect and simple and, you know, make right. total sense. Right, and hyperfixates on the, how could this guy deny his parentage of this girl for this it long? It is the craziest thing about Steve Jobs. A thing that right? feels it's unfathomable to me, a father of a daughter. Right. Um, sure. It becomes like, I need to interrogate As father this. of daughter. Yeah. As father but, of daughter. But it's also, it is the crazy, it's just, you're just like, what are you, like, the, he's like the richest man alive. How right. could he possibly, you know. But It's um, also, it's it's wild how much it was sort of discussed out in the open. It wasn't one of these yeah. things where it's right. like, oh, Alyssa Schwarzenegger love child now being acknowledged for the first time right. at the age of right. 20. It's like, no. the girl's two, three, four, five, it's being written about. This is part of his narrative the entire time of the rise. And everyone except for him is like, that is your daughter. Daughter. Right. It's obvious. We all see it. Yeah. Right. We all know Chris Ann. Right. Like, what right. are you talking about? It's it's maybe the most devastating part of this movie is just it's the heart of the movie. People yeah. greeting Chris Ann. Oh, when yeah, Andy yeah. is like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, we're friends separate from you. Right. You know. Um, has anyone read Lisa Brennan Jobs' book, Small Fry? I'm no. sure no one no. has. No. I highly recommend it. It's okay. a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a book she wrote about her life and uh, gives lots more context on Steve Jobs for Jobs heads like me. When was that written? Uh, maybe, when did that get published? Like maybe 2017? Okay. So after 2018. This. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But uh, Sorkin does meet with Lisa and mm. talks with her, which Walter Isaacson didn't even get to do. So, uh, who wrote the biography? Sure. So, you know, he clearly identifies on like, this is going to be the center of my movie, right? Yeah. Like, this, this, she's, he calls her the hero of the movie. Mm -hmm. She is. Yeah. The movie uh, doesn't yeah. work without that at all, or uh, else it's just kind 100% of wandering around. And there, I mean, I don't, I assume the Kutcher movie deals with it vaguely. The trailer doesn't. That's all I can tell you for sure. <laughs> but like, the trailer doesn't touch no memory. it. But like, there's so many the biographies that, that, could, that yeah. would hand wave that. Yes. Right. simply because it's too complicated. And just, they're like, well, we have to explain. He's got to make an iPad now. A classic like, Hollywood like, uh, makes him too unsympathetic. Yeah, right, right. That's unforgivable behavior. Um, he talks to John Scully, uh, character Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. Who, who Sorkin says has practically been in hiding since he got fired from Apple, but he talked to me. Mm -hmm. He talks to Joanna Hoffman, the character that Kate Winslet plays. He talks to uh, Steve Wozniak, of course, who is this uh, lovely bear of a man, big lovely man. But Sorkin says, like, you you do get the sense from him. Like, he was still, you know, he nursed some anger, like, mm -hmm. you know, over... Going all the way back, yeah. you know. Uh, Lisa Chrisan are characters in that movie. I don't know yeah. to what degree. I think, you know, it has to. At you least. have to yes. touch on it. Yeah. yeah, but I think they are much less because yes. there has to be much more of him looking at a. There's probably stuff you know, about pod, like Pixar in like, that movie. Yeah, like, yeah, right. It's yeah. got everything in it, right? Yeah. You know, what if the the phone tomato <laughs> computer? Try Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I just look. It's not fair. And I don't even know if it's accurate, but it is It is a, a scathing tweet that has never left my mind. When that movie was coming out, I just remember someone tweeting, Ashton Kutcher is Steve Jobs, so an idiot playing a genius sounds good. I mean, and that was like at the height of Ashton Kutcher's bozo phase. Yes. When he was like the first was, celebrity on Twitter. Remember yeah, that? that was his whole thing. And now he's just like a venture capitalist. Right. Like who a is also in like who's like married to Mila Kunis. Ma yeah. Married to Mila Kunis in that weird Reese Witherspoon rom com. Oh God. Yeah, that kind of came and went, didn't it? Yeah. There's there's a bizarre Rolling Stone profile on Ashton Kutcher recently that talks about like, it's been a while since you thought about Ashton Kutcher, huh? The screens, we've been missing him actively. And I'm like, <laughs> like No. He didn't make a movie in three years. It was a pandemic. I haven't seen some of my best friends in three years. It's not I like just love it's the idea. Like, the Hollywood's like, what is it? What's the spark? We're but they missing? were treating it like he was Gene Hackman, <laughs> right. and they were like, everyone's been waiting for him to return, and he's it returning used to be. Yeah, he, he's returning. Well, they with said a shitty and, Netflix and, movie, it, right, and yeah. returning, he's returning in a big way, appearing in one episode of that '90s show and a Netflix movie that's going to be huge <laughs> and definitely remembered for more than four hours. He was also on that Netflix show. He had his the ranch. Own, the, the ranch. The ranch. For like the, years. They were like, it's been so long. He did. <laughs> Fucking 100 episodes of The Ranch. A Nobody's show that survived the ranch. Danny Masterson getting canceled. They recast with Dak Shepard. Did another 45 episodes. They, they replaced him with Dak Shepard. They just plopped yeah. Shepard in there. Yeah. The God. cast of that show. How did that guy even walk through the doors of The Ranch? His arms are so swole. Do you know who the parents are on that show? I don't. Do, do no. neither of you know who the parent? I, I know nothing about the ranch. Okay. I refuse to engage with. The so ranch. the ranch started. Obviously, Kutcher Masterson became Kutcher and Dak Shepard. Who are the two elder statesmen on that show? In every fucking episode, a hundred episodes. I of don't the ranch? know. Multicam sitcom. Sam Elliott, Deborah Winger. Uh, Deborah Winger. Deborah wow. Winger. Wow. Good she for good? her for getting a check. Yeah. Yeah. Getting that Netflix money. 
Get it while I can. Yeah. How are you doing, Deborah? I can't do Sam Elliott right now, even with my voice like this. Sorkin also reveals he had talked to Steve Jobs three times in his life. One, Mm. Steve Jobs called him to say he liked a West Wing episode. Two. Do you know which one? He did not reveal. Mm. I'd love to know. Maybe one day. I have interviewed Aaron Sorkin, but I forgot to ask him which episode of the West Wing Steve Jobs liked. Mm. I bet it's the one where Josh um, starts chatting with people. Classic episode. Lemon 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 Lyman. Yeah. Uh, two, he asked him to come to Pixar. He wanted Aaron Sorkin to write a Pixar script. Oh, yes. I do know that. Uh, and three... What? Like in, for an animated movie? Or... I mean, one would hope. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch it. Sorkin, come on. Yeah. Children you know. children shouldn't have to deal Yeah, with that's that. true. Uh, and three, he was like, I'm writing a commencement speech. Can you brush up? I mean, Steve Jobs is probably just at that scale of celebrity Crazy. at that point. Where he's like, Can I'll just, just call the most up. famous writers. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, he's very satisfied with the script. He delivers mm. the script. This is the whole thing with this movie. Yeah. Was that everyone was kind of like, there's this great script. Right. You know, like the, once the script was done, it was just kind of like, it, it's got to be. Made. And he got out of his system pretty quickly. Yeah. Like it was not a tortured birth and people were like, this thing is good. It's, it takes, it's a bold approach, but it reads. And then. Then. Trouble hits, quote right. unquote, in myriad forms. Well, the obvious thought is Fincher should be the number one choice to direct this movie. Fincher, as is his way, every time he comes onto a project, basically reads the script and goes, there is no way I could make this movie for a penny less than $80 million. <laughs> 80 is, is cheap for For him. whatever. Well, right. Yeah, no, right. but that's the point, right? Like even Social Network, they were like, this is a movie we have budgeted at 20. And he's like, I can do it for 65. And they're like 65, and he's like, well, because your cobblestones cost this much at Harvard, <laughs> I would shoot this in this way. To his credit, he's one of these guys where like he apparently can go through like word by word of the script and explain every single cost to you. And he's like, I know how it works. I'm not going to waste any money. I save money in certain ways, but I refuse to have things be shitty. I refuse to make compromises. This is how much it will cost to the penny. So he goes to them and is like, here's this, right? And this is coming at a moment where there's a bit of a belt tightening on auteurs in Hollywood in general. Fincher, who was coming off of a couple hits after a lifetime of having movies that like... You mean Button and Social, because he's made another movie since then well, that has this is the disappointed. Thing. Yes. Right. So then everyone's like, well, and then fucking Dragon Tattoo is going to be massive, and it's right. going to be a franchise. And it did okay. It did okay. It cost a lot of money. It is, of and course, incredible. And it has one of the best trailers Yes. Uh, it also has one of the best endings of all time. But, um, one of but those at, the, things, at the moment, it was perceived as yeah. a disappointment. Most filmmakers probably would have agreed to make that movie for $50 million. You know, or something 60. And he was like, there is no way to make this for less than 110 or whatever. Well, let me give you some details. Now, this yes. film's eventual budget was $30 million. Steve Jobs. I'm talking uh, Dragon Tattoo. Oh, sure, Dragon I'm saying oh, Dragon oh, Tattoo okay. yeah, was yeah. then seen as less successful because it had a fincher size budget relative to expectations. So now they're like, maybe we don't let Fincher do everything Well, there's some other stuff, though. Yeah. Two, gonna, one. There's Cleopatra. There's that, Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Fincher and Amy Pascal hate each other. Yes. Uh, because of all the money that's being spent on these Sony movies. But, but they Pascal work. wants him working on Angelina Jolie's Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to make Cleopatra movies. It's Stop wild it! We're here 10 years later and we're still on this thing. Anytime an actress shows up who is hot and wears bronzer, yeah. like all studio heads can think of is like, should they be Cleopatra? It's like, stop it! But this the has gal- never worked. The Gal Gadot 
yes. Cleopatra movie is ostensibly this same project. It's, I think it's the right. It's the never they, they, they've project. been trying to make it for Stop yes. trying to make it. Right, and that's my advice. That, there's that incredible moment where James Cameron's like, maybe I'll make it, and it very clearly was him getting Fox to give him more money for yeah. the Avatar sequels. Yeah. So he's like, well, maybe I won't get around to Avatar for 25 years if I make Cleopatra first. Fincher made five million dollars on the social network. Now, the reason we have all these numbers in greater detail is yes. because of the Sony hat. Thank you, Kim Jong. Thank you, North Korea. <laughs> yes. The People's Republic. Yes. Uh, Fincher asked for $10 million mm-hmm. for Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, he actually only asked for a $45 million budget for this movie. Okay. Reasonable. Of course, it is only, it is basically set just in, in three physical places. spaces yeah. that you just have to rent. But, but that's still. That's about as strapped down as he gets. Um, but he's still asking for quite a lot of money for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the Sony execs are like, that's too much money. Rudin, in an email, says, you don't think $40 million to shoot three scenes is enough? Do you want every control given to him, including the entire marketing campaign? This is the director who refused to put the girl with the dragon tattoo in the ads for the girl with the dragon tattoo. I don't quite get that. I don't get that either. She's in the ads. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Such a fucking asshole. Yeah. He is. He. If you go and read those emails, he is the biggest asshole the in the world. He's yeah. really he is the worst. nothing but like, so rude to everyone all the yes. time that Amy Pascal eventually has to send my favorite email that's ever been sent. Why are you punishing me? <laughs> Just that one line said to Scott Rudin, why are the letter U punishing me sent from my Xperia Z2? <laughs> sent from my Sony Xperia Z2. Hey, brand loyal. Um, the thing with Rudin, of course, is he's produced so many great films. Yes. Like, I mean, his name is on so many he's great an films. He got winner. And because he would fucking attach himself like a this goddamn barnacle yeah. to these really yes. great artists, more yes. so than Harvey, because Harvey Weinstein obviously was attached. He was part of good movies. Yeah. But he also made a lot of like middle brow fucking yes. trash and like, he popped a, it up. He was a know. studio head. Yes. The difference was yes, Rudin exactly. would wait for someone to make the breakthrough movie. The Coen brothers, whoever. Right. And then would Wes Anderson. And then would just be like, you're mine. And I, and, and of course, the, his reputation was that he would fight to the nail for them, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and this is, the you don't key. know how many interns he'll scream at for you, you right? Know? But like, not to exonerate people who had relationships with him, but it was kind of that thing of like, if you're like a sensitive, exacting artist type who doesn't know how to navigate through this awful system of bureaucracy, just close your eyes, look the other direction, focus on your little script. Scott Rudin will figure out everything for you. Right. He will fight every fight. He, and will, he will motherfuck everyone. Right, that you cannot. Right, yes. and that was basically his thing. Is like a lot of these kind of like timid tour guys would just be like Rudin, just just whatever it takes, whatever so, it takes. Was Amy? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Amy Pascal like came up through the Rudin yes. system too. Yes, God, and now the they Rudin system. That sounds then, like something they make Marines do. It it should be yeah. like the fact that she's a woman who got out alive and yes. became a major producer is kind of insane. Let's also just say this time period. Amy Pascal feels like we're talking late 2000s, early 2010s. Amy Pascal feels like the last old school studio head. Where there is a balance between like commercial projects, franchise projects, but also being like already Oscar stuff. We like, we have to yeah. make real movies at, at big scale. We put right. real budgets behind real directors, and not only that, she's like nurturing new stars. There's that point where it's like Emma Stone, Andrew Garfield, Jesse Eisenberg. There's like a bunch of young people who are not obvious yeah. stars she that she's like. Stuff. We're putting you in multiple projects. We're thinking long term right. because you. it would be like 
you know, whatever. The other studios would be like, well, we have our our Oscar branch. Right. You know, but like, well, we don't we don't make those movies. Like the the little guys make those movies. Amy Pastel is still like we could do both. Yeah. Sorry. Amy Pastel. She's Amy cool. Pascal. I like her. Right. She's cool. I mean, but she's look. like social network should also be able to play at malls. Yeah. Like we can make these movies that that split the difference. She wrote some embarrassing shit in those emails. Of course. And of course. got dragged for them. Yes. Um, but uh she's a very interesting figure. Um but Fincher exited the project. Okay. Yes. Sorkin wanted him. He put he begged for him. Right. But his first choice was Bale. And the studio, I think, wanted DiCaprio more, but it was sort well, of Well, they're a, always going to want DiCaprio right. the most or whatever. But neither guy wanted to do it. Bale was sort of more seriously considered and then yeah. was like, I can't figure this guy out. Sure. Yeah, he kind of dropped. But do you have the do you have the email where um I think Amy Pascal found out about this via like a Hollywood reporter headline that was mm. like that was like David Fincher. It was like a news roundup that was like David Fincher to leave Steve Jobs, Adam Driver cast as villain in Star Wars. And Amy Pascal sends him that yes. headline and is like, what the fuck is going on? And David Fincher replies, yeah, that's crazy. Adam Driver is really wrong for that role. He yes. says, Adam Driver is a terrible idea. Yeah. I'm with you. And, funny. And Amy that's Pascal so replies. Funny. In all caps. I meant the one about us butting heads and you not directing jobs. <laughs> it He is so funny. And I feel like he's people very, don't really uh, understand. He's very when mordant he's, in yeah, his exactly. uh, emails. Very, yeah. yes, very dry. But also, if you are David Fincher, like, do you want to do this again? No. The, the challenge of just like, is yeah. this, you're, you now have to compete with yourself. Even if this is a fairly different project from Social Network, you're doing another difficult tech billionaire genius movie with Aaron no. Sorkin dialogue. He, he wisely does Everyone's going to just does judge he, you. Does he go to Mindhunter after this? Is no, that it's Gone Girl. And then oh, I forgot about my favorite movie, Gone Girl. Right. You forgot about Fuck. one of the another one of the great films. Yeah. Right. He goes to Fox and is like, I guess my thing is take the best-selling airport well, paperback. When and, I, yeah. not to toot my own, when I, you know, not to toot my own Do dick. To, toot your own dick, <laughs> David. No, but I mean, just like when I interviewed him, he, I said like, you know, come on, you were making these original movies. He's like, yeah. every time I had to get a bestseller. Yeah. And that would be the way I could get it over the line. Which it's so weird that it just stops with Gone Girl. I know. And that one's just got another bestseller. Yeah. But he gave us Mank. And for that, I salute him. And And for that, I say thank you very much. The Killer. He sure does. Starring Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Yes. Based on an idea by Wendy Williams. The Wendy Williams? It's not based. But have you never seen Wendy Williams talking about The Killer? Oh, sure. (laughs) The Killer. Yeah. So. Fincher exits. Okay, mm. so what's Danny Boyle up to? Well, he made a little thing called Trance. Uh-oh. Mm. Uh, he directed a pilot uh, for the uh, British TV show Babylon, which okay, is fairly right. popular. Yes. So, you know, he's sort of messing around in Britain. Uh, I think he had some some uh, good times with that. Uh, mm. Then he's thinking about a... Um, a um, Olympic This ceremony, sounds like a Ben yeah. Friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about that on the trans episode. Um, yeah, this sounds like a Ben-friendly project. Mm. It's called Smash and Grab the Story of the Pink Panthers, an adaptation of a Diamond Thief documentary. Wow. Come on. Yeah. British Absolutely. Diamond Thieves called diamond the Pink thieves. Panthers? Yeah. Um, also rumors that Warner Brothers wanted him for American Sniper. Eventually that goes, yeah. Whoa. I'm not sure what that looks like. Bizarre. Yeah. Um, but that speaks to him just being in this, like... Oscar-friendly director pot yeah. where people aren't even thinking about appropriateness. They're just like, well, this guy's done a bunch of different genres and he's won an Oscar. I guess any big prestige project you could maybe throw him into consideration I for. I also think that something specific about Boyle in almost kind of like an Ang Lee kind of way is that you can give him whatever. It's true. Yeah. And he's, he can make a good movie. Like, he's his American Sniper 
would be weird. Weird. But it would probably be good. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it, it would a probably world. be a less. It would probably be less insane than the American sniper I mean, we have. They, they one of the they weird used, They used yeah. his baby from Train Spot. <laughs> that was did. the one thing they. They did with zero upkeep. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> had rotted like that fucking Someone Ninja Turtles like, costume. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, here it is. Yeah. It's like, looks fine. <laughs> Put it in his hands. Yeah. Bounce the head. God, that's one of the funniest things You're that has ever happened. Baby. Yeah. Like, what if we could hear Clint directing? Like, if we could just hear that audio. Yeah. Rocket. Good. <laughs> Put it down. I don't know. Anyway. What I would like to hear is Bradley Cooper being like, Clint, I would love one more take. I just, I'm still trying to sync up my performance. I didn't even know how I mean, much it was going to weigh. Right. I would love to just know the conversation where Clint was like, are you using a fake baby? Like, right. Bradley seems like the kind of guy who'd be like, please, <sighs> give me a, a, a I, living baby. I have heard the conversation. I, I, I just I, looked on the monitor. It looks fine. We're going. I believe it was a thing where the baby was running late. Yes, I think was, the it was, true it was, oh, and, and, and Clint like had his eye on this turkey sandwich over <laughs> craft services. He really wanted it. I truly think it was a thing where the baby was running late the or the baby was sick. They had booked a baby. And it was one of these things the where like, right, I I like an AD came up to him and was like, Clint, we have eyes on another baby. It would take two hours to get here. And he's like, give me the doll. <laughs> right. It was that. It was truly like, I have no interest in waiting. Well, give me the boil doll. All right. You just uh, have to imagine Bradley Cooper was like, if you give me six takes, I can figure this out. And Clint was like, no, that's if not how it works. If you give me six takes, I will learn the angles. I will learn how to Clint puppeteer probably, this. probably, maybe even did, but he just didn't even roll film. <laughs> no. right. He'd already walked away. He was eating the turkey. <laughs> he was eating that turkey sub. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a novel called, In In sorry, Ingenious Pain. Okay. That Danny Boyle's also thinking about. The story of a mid-18th century man who can feel neither pain nor pleasure. Mm, that's a real Danny Boyle sound project. Danny Boyle yeah. had taken this book to Ewan McGregor as the first wow. olive branch wow. in the healing of their relationship, which wow. will soon be further healed yeah. with his next project. So, okay. so they're sort of thinking about that, but mm -hmm. they could never figure it out. Um, he also wanted to make a David Bowie movie. And he had worked on a script on that with mm -hmm. uh, Frank Cottrell Boyce, who wrote Millions. Sure. Um, but they couldn't get the music rights, and they kind of gave up on it. That, I would love to see it. That movie would be cool. Yeah. But if you can't get the music rights, well, there's, no, there's no Well, there problem. was the the weird Mark Maron, Johnny Flynn, David Bowie movie that came out a couple years ago where they also couldn't get the music rights. Which is like, every, everyone just sort of agreed never to speak right, about that Right, change the right? character names. Yes. It was just like, well, then we're not acknowledging this. Right, I mean, just go watch Velvet Goldmine if you right. want the vibe. Like, <laughs> right. You know, anyway. Um, then the script ends up at his door. Now, Rudin had worked with Boyle on the uh, the stage play Frankenstein. Oh, interesting. Big hit. Okay. Uh, which was a big yeah. hit. So he does know him. That's the mm. connection. Mm -hmm. And he reads this script and is very impressed with it. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. Uh, and here's Boyle. Uh, Rudin probably thought, oh, he won't want to step into Fincher's shoes. But I read it and that was it. I said, I'm in. And he said, are you serious? I could hear it in his voice, him thinking it can't be this easy, can it? And I was like, I'm as serious as I can get. Wow. <laughs> a very sensitive read from a strep throat David Sims. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think there are few directors at that level who would have such a severe lack of ego. It really yeah. speaks to Boyle not I really agree. caring about I think the a lot industry of, game at all. My guess is right. They threw it at a lot of A-listers and they were like, Fincher turned it down. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Right. That seems to be Boyle's whole thing, yeah. too, right. is like, being kind of like... I don't live in LA. Like I'm kind of yeah. removed from the bullshit. Like 
I am basically Irish, have this like workman like thing where I'll just whatever. Like there's no ego involved. But also if you're basically at a point where over the course of like five years, these types of projects at studios have gone from like $60 million budgets to $30 million budgets. And the thing they've been fighting is how to keep this thing down when you're already paying so much for Sorkin, for the rights, yada, yada, yada. Boyle is a guy who you know is always going to be able to make a movie for less money than anyone else would. Like, he's able to, at a very high level, somehow get maximum value out of whatever dollar you give him. Now, this film is two hours long. Yes. The script is 185 pages. Mm -hmm. In classic Aaron Sorkin style, it essentially has instructions being like, Read fast. <laughs> yeah. Read fast. You got to talk fast. Shrink yeah. time. The other thing I'll say, like, I, I read the the social network strip when that was going around, like every other dumb 20-something male white actor who was trying to get any part in that thing. Sure. The thing about his scripts being long, aside from the fact that you're being told to perform fast, is also with Sorkin, you, like, look at a page of dialogue and a lot of it is sentence fragments. Right. So it, like, takes a line, but the, it's like, well, come on. You know, and so I'm telling you, no, yeah. I know what yeah. you were yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, well, so it just does he, he do it yes, like he has the exact bum, 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 or does he put them next to each other? My memory is that it's more bum 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 straight line down rather than the sort of parallel dialogue yeah. lateral kind of thing. That yeah, that's so interesting. I think that's also kind of a theatery thing yes. where like he is well, you something you cannot forget about Aaron Sorkin is that he wanted to be an actor until he was like. 20 right. basically yes and he is a theater kid through and through yes which is why he loves talkie 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 and he loves like all i feel like a lot of his shit is structured well and also huge thing about him i mean part of his whole like mythology he writes a few good men on napkins while working as a bartender at a broadway theater it gets in the hands of the right person who's like we could fucking sell this to studios as a movie and his contract is I will not sell the rights as a movie until it gets staged on Broadway first. Right. He was like so dorkily obsessed with the idea of being yeah. a playwright and not a screenwriter that he was like contractually Sony basically has to pay to put this on Broadway for six months so, before I'll let Rob Reiner make it as a film. So when I interviewed him, yes, I interviewed him for To Kill a Mockingbird. And the angle was that Ed Harris was stepping into the role of Atticus Finch. Did you do like sort of any warm-up exercises to make sure that your legs didn't get like worn out from the interview. <laughs> it's good to do stretches. Do you right, guys have go. to like go upstairs? God, yeah. It is like, so great when he's on 30 Rock and they do the walk and talk. I love incredible. that episode. Um, yeah. But, um, and, uh, Ed, and I was very scared to do this interview because one, I kind of admire Aaron Sorkin mm-hmm. and I didn't want to think I was an idiot. And two, mm-hmm. I'm very scared of Ed Harris. I admire man. him too, but he seems no, scary. He in America. Seems really scary. The number one um, scariest man. But I'm interviewing them at the theater. I Together? Together. That would scare the crap out of yeah. me. But it's it's really lovely to be in a Broadway theater when no one's there. Mm. And uh, Ed Harris was late. And so Aaron and I are just literally like at the theater. It's one of the biggest theaters in Broadway. I forget what his name is. My brother's mad at me right now. And we're walking and the stage is all set up for Kill a Mockingbird. And he's like, take a look at this. And he like brings me over to the stage. And the step, because people come in through the, sure. um, you know, the aisles. Ooh, good point. Great today. Great point. Uh, you know, and step onto the stage uh-huh. in that production. And the step for people to get is it half your foot doesn't even fit on it. Interesting. And he's like, look at this. Like, it's amazing people don't break their legs. And we just like, 
you know, both of us are like taking steps up and down. And his like weird childish joy about huh. yeah. the stage and like then we're walking around on the stage. You know, like it was just kind of obvious like, oh, yeah, this is still just like number one for him. He yeah. loves this He loves shit. it. It's kind of, I mean. Because he's like fucking rich and famous yeah. now. Like what does he need to be I doing? I guess he this? has yeah. been busy for a long time, but it, it has always kind of surprised me that he doesn't do more theater. I guess he has Cam a lot coming But now he's season. got Cam. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. he's kind of back in on the yeah. Yeah, so Broadway too. baby. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then Ed Harris showed up and he was scary. But he was nice. Yeah. Or polite. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't yell at me. No, but he had but some he terse had... words for Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, anyway. It is incredible when he shows up in that movie looking like a pile of sand. <laughs> <laughs> just yelling at Tom Cruise. It's so yelling. He he's like growling. It's simmering. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh God, he's so good. There's like electricity coming out of his mouth. He's yeah. so cool yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Um, all right. So Bale. Yes. DiCaprio. Yeah. Some other names they tossed around. Damon, Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper, Ben Affleck. Didn't someone really want Tom Cruise to do it? Yes. Tom Cruise is on. I don't that really is, understand that, that is how insane. things like that get no. about. He no. would be really weird. He'd be really, really weird. weird. He's too small. Yeah. yeah. He's like not... I understand that there's the single-minded intensity. They're like, huh, yes. you're a freak. Right. Like charismatic. I will say, though, that like it would be so distracting to watch a movie about a father and daughter that stars yes. Tom Cruise. Didn't even consider that. Like, Absolutely. it would just be... It would be all over anything anyone. I'm also about certain that, movie. that was that is a box he would have yeah. refused to open. There's exactly. no way he would interrogate that stuff in no, himself. No, no, no. And yeah. if he did, maybe the movie would be brilliant masterpiece. But right. but I don't think no, he, he wouldn't would be willing to do that. Yeah. The craziest thing, of course, is after all this fucking bullshit, and mm-hmm. Boyle is on board, and yeah. Fassbender is finally the choice. Right. Um, they're argu- they're still arguing over the budget, and so Amy Pascal puts the project in turnaround, and mm-hmm. Universal immediately nabs it. Right, which like obviously she was like trying to you know what it was clearly part of her budget game was putting it in turnaround, but it seems like a weird mistake. But it was also it was this still question. a hot project. It was this question of is Fassbender a movie star? Right, like end of the two thousands because he'd done the X Men. Yeah, Hardy and Fassbender were the two guys at the right. industry at the end of the two thousands. Were like, are, is this the next wave? Are these the guys? You know, when does Shame come out? Shame is eleven. Yeah, Shame is eleven, and that was he was not nominated for that right. film, but he was close. But he was like around, and he was kind oh, of yeah. yeah and he was very talking like, about his yes. big old hammer, his big old hammer. <laughs> yeah. But he had like he was doing X Men, and he yeah. had all of these like he had the Steve McQueen, the like early McQueen movies, and like he was really about to be a guy. Mm-hmm. And then after this movie, everything kind of gets weird, and yeah. then he goes dark and becomes a race car driver. Well, yeah. he joined he, he joined the weird... Creed, obviously. As oh well. yeah, yeah, you he can't joined... forget about the Creed. Yes, Assassin's Creed. Oh. Right. Is he in that movie? Yeah. Oh, is he, is he, he is in that movie. Oh my god, sorry. <laughs> um it's Ben's favorite film. But the uh did you see that it it, it, it circulated to Justin Kurzel, director of Assassin's Creed that he has now listened to the episode? Yes, I did see that. And uh, I uh, salute you Justin Kurzel. Knows that Ben is his number one fan. Um th- there's this Come on the uh, show, Justin. Uh, yes, open invitation. There's this Terry Gilliam quote that circulates a lot with him talking about probably one of his 18,000 attempts to get Don Quixote off the ground in the late 2000s. And he's like, every company I meet with, they say you need a hard bender. And they're like, they want that tier of guy like Michael Fassbender or Tom Hardy where everyone thinks they're... Hard bender. Hard bender. That sounds sexy. It does. Okay. (laughs) But it's stuck in my mind forever. 
But it's like that thing of these guys are still cheap because they're not actually movie stars yet. Yeah. But everyone in the industry agrees they are incredibly handsome, charismatic, talented. It's going to happen. And Fastbender's on this parallel track where he's doing his prestige projects and he's doing his blockbusters. And you're like, okay, so he's been Magneto. He almost got an Oscar nomination. Yep. It's, you know... And, he, well, and then he did eventually get one for 12 Years a Slave. But in the moment that they're casting him in this, right? Sure, he probably... They're yeah. sort of like... I think the debate is, is he one film away from it finally happening and yeah, connecting? Is this the movie? Is, is this, this the movie? Yeah. Are you going to get him right at the right time? Or is the is everything that's happened over the last five years evidence that he's never going to quite be A-list? That he's maybe stuck at a tier right below? And so, yeah, there's a lot of hand-wringing in the budget of, like, even for $35 million, can you do it with him? Do people like this guy? Yeah. For a character that is inherently unlikable... Does it help to have a movie star that people already kind of know and feel comfortable with? And I think the what they boil down to in the email, Amy Pascal boil is Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle down. Hashtag boil down. Uh, Amy Pascal is like, it doesn't matter. People will see yes. this movie with Fassbender because he's the, enough of a name. Yeah. Right. And you have Danny Boyle and you have Aaron Sorkin and you have one of the most famous men right. in the entire world as right. the subject. And then we get our beautiful movie. We get our beautiful movie. Of course she was wrong. People didn't really want to well, see it. Sure. No. But uh, I don't care. Yeah, um, but uh, but yes, uh, there also, is a, like a very prescient email in the Sony leaks where mm. a guy is telling Amy Pascal, like the marketing guy or whatever. Yeah, he's like, as it is stands now, this movie is probably going to make like mid thirties, and he was exactly spot he was on, right. dead right. And and it was well, we'll get to all of this. But the other thing to say is that the the Ashton Kutcher project like rushed. They were sort of like, yeah, we have were, to be they, there first. We can't be good, but we can be first. We can yes. be first. And I think right. they thought it was going to be like a photo finish, Bugs Life, Ants thing. And instead, they come out two full years earlier. Yes. That movie flops even harder. It makes no impression. But it does fuck this movie over a little bit where yeah. their confidence was like, well, everyone's waiting for the real one. And even though no one saw the fake one, by the time this came out, they were like, another one of these? There was a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. And I do think there was a little bit of like, eh, Michael Fassbender is not a draw. Yeah. It's just sort of over and over again. Same with, no offense to the Creed, but hey. same with, the, but, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but same with Assassin's Creed, same with like anything where it's like all Fassbender on the that's poster. That's the thing. It's like after this, he's like, fuck it. I have to do it. I have to do my franchise that is just me that's not x-men that's not me taking over a role i have to do my thing and he does that after finally getting his oscar nom or second oscar nom that movie bombs and then he kind of disappears and goes into a fucking race car excuse for me years. he didn't disappear he gave us all the clues and then he decided well that's <laughs> yes that that's is truly that have you guys watched that movie? No. Um, I mean, yes, in that I put it on yeah. and the, the, the visuals <laughs> went into my eyes that and movie, supposedly into that my brain. That movie played in front of you. Yeah. Right. You that movie is it. like one of, it feels like you are on some kind of drug that makes like your audio processing yes, right. like system stop working. You're and like, I, none of this I'm is so making sense. I'm so ready for that movie. The movie's like, yes. there's a murderer in the ice. I'm Perfect. Like, Great. Michael Fassbender's on the case. I'm like, fantastic. Yeah. His name's Harry Hole. It's actually like Harry Hole or whatever. But <laughs> I'm like, still with it. it. But I'm like, like cool. Hole. Yeah. The murderer's called the snowman. Great. Yeah. He does snowman crimes. Huh? <laughs> and then How many that, clues did he leave you? <laughs> All of them. What? I love it. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's one of those movies where Scenes seem to be missing, and then yeah. the director yeah. was kind of like, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get I didn't to all the scenes. Right. We, we needed like ten more days. 
Anyway. And then he goes off and now he like lives in Lisbon with Alicia Vikander and they have a yep. baby. They sure do. They're a hot couple. It, it, I, his I, last credit was? X-Men Dark Phoenix, correct. right? And yeah. his next, he, this year he's in two Killer. films. Yeah. Killer and Nick's Cole wins. But this is, that's five year gap? Four, Four? years. Okay. Uh, no, it just, this definitely felt like the movie that was the real test. You know, is is this the breakthrough moments? Um, obviously, I think this performance is tremendous. I think it's very, very good. I yeah. don't really know who would be better. Uh, there's, it's not a movie that at all screams to me like, oh, it just needed X. I'm he's he's perfect to me. Yes, ba- Bale is not an actor I love. So I love Bale as an actor. I so I think I get excited about the idea of him doing this. But Bale is one of my guys. It's the way you talk about Daniel Day Lewis, where you're like, oh, it's like boring to say you like Daniel Day Lewis. I'm like, I particularly like Bale a lot. I, I think like Bale. Okay. He's just in like, a lot of David O. Russell movies. Yeah, well, that's honestly. true. Right. I yes. think Bale would have like and a lot of done, Adam movies. done a lot of. <laughs> Done a little too much. She would have like hit it Quite a possibly. little too hard. Quite possibly. Which is like a thing that's good when you're, that's what you're looking for when you're making like a David It's the Russell same with movie. Joaquin. Yes. Like, yeah, you exactly. Know, right. How much ham, how much cheese. Well, this is one of these conflicted elements of this movie, right? I, I've, you know, I've been jobs pilled. I'm here. I'm on the boat with you. Welcome. Right. Okay. Right. But we've like jobs OD'd. We're like <laughs> sure. drowning in our own sure. vomit. I'm taking a couple. You're right. I'm still following you're, you're instructions having, on the bottle. You're having a good time and David and I are like out. I'm not trying to exceed more than eight in a 24-hour sure. period. That's right. That's I'm monitoring how much alcohol I drink while I'm on jobs. Very good. Very good. Yes. Right. Try not to do hard liquor. Beer yes. and wine. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it's an interesting question just in terms of certainly this rep- movie's reputation at the time it came out. I do think that was another thing that was going against it where you're like, Okay, so the guy playing Steve Jobs is that guy I kind of know, and then he really doesn't look like him. And to the credit of the movie and of Fastbender, Fastbender I think wisely like tries to approach this as a character more than needing to impersonate this guy or invoke him. Yeah. But I do think for a lot of people with a movie like this, they want to see the poster where they go like, holy shit, right. can you well, believe why, this fucking yeah. side and by that's, side? That's yeah. why they put him in the like black turtleneck yes. in the poster. Right. Right. Like, towards the end, I will say in the last act, I'm kind of like, I get it. I he see gets it. the pitch of the voice. And he gets they the like glasses him. on yeah. and like I see it more. When when they're in the garage, he looks so hot that yeah. it is like yes. distracting. distracting. Yes. And then also in the first part when he takes off his shirt say, and, he's in, say. and he's in the t-shirt and you're like, because he's, he's, he's got, got like a sex man on. He's got, yeah. he's got jacked, yeah. and he looks like so crazy hot that yes. it's kind of like it, it fucks does, up a little bit. It takes you out of it. Steve Jobs was handsome, but like but, this he, but was, he was never built. No. But he was a trim guy who yeah. paid more attention to how he dressed in a sea of yes schlubs with yes. big glasses yeah. Yeah. and Star but, Wars shirts and all that. Yeah, but I do think yeah the decision of like let's just get a good actor who will give a good exactly. performance for right. this right. confused a lot of the public, and well, that's always what Sorkin wanted to every time he does an interview about this movie he yeah. says it's a painting not a photograph right. like I just want David's this to be like great, great line, yeah. impressionistic well, it's yeah. not a, the real thing yeah. I don't care about it being the real thing no I mean this a few movies have ever uh, cared less about realism in in their own way than this film and I think actually that is a much more interesting way to approach biopic or like a real story than like you know cradle to grave because it's like I don't actually care what happened with this person's life i care about what you have to say about what this person's life like tells you about something else i i agree a hundred percent now i think we we, we should start digging into the movie in earnest 
but can which I? Which is what, like an hour fifteen in? Yeah, this is all really <laughs> this important. This is so, so important. We've all been on. It's a context-heavy context film. Yes. yes. Now, can I say the other line that bumps for me in this movie? The only other isolated line where I just go, Aaron, you're pushing yeah, it but one step. I wonder, shoot if you with a revolver. I wonder if it's the same one that I bump up. What's against. yours? Mine is when he asks Kate Winslet why they've never had sex. I love that line. I hate that line. He's I think an it's, asshole. I know, but it's never. He's like a sexless being, other I, than being played yeah. by Michael Fassbender. Yeah, like but he, but he. It doesn't make any sense why he would be like, "Why have we never slept together?" I think unless he says he's that. written by Aaron Sorkin. Well, well, that's true. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and he is half Sorkin, but um. I, 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 that feels like something he said to her like 10 times because she has the response where she's just like, because we're not in love. Like, she's it. not even looking at it. Because what I like about them is yeah. that they have this like crazy chemistry, this yeah. like electric chemistry yeah. that never really feels sexual. They're just like two people who like love each other in this weird, fucked up way. But that's how it, I, I mean, I agree with that completely. I just think that's his relationship with everyone in this movie in a different way. Yes. Um, Except for maybe Stolbarg, but even Stolbarg, he kind of respects. He yes. says, he yes. says, Stolbarg says, "I never liked you." Yeah, and he's and he like, says, "That's a always, shame." I always liked you. Uh, Griffin, what what's, was your what's your bumpy? I, I on this second viewing fully accept the sort of uh, uh, dramatic conceit of this film. Okay, it's about Steve Jobs. <laughs> but, but the you know all these conversations are going to be coming up constantly at the moment right before these three yeah, you know right, right, picking right, up right, basically right. right where they left off right, right all of that I think the moment he calls it out oh you don't like that I love that it just feels a little too like I'll let you get away with it until the moment where you lampshade it and have the characters acknowledge the reality it's a little tossed off Joe. how how come every time I'm about to launch a product everyone I know goes to a bar and then decides to unload on me or whatever right. he says I think yeah. it's fun I think it's a fun line I just think he's pushing it a little bit Aaron that's what Aaron does I know he pushes he and he pushes yeah. and he does a great job pushing you're always with him and you're always with him and, oh no Chicago 7 <laughs> that's the thing is that, that Aaron <laughs> oh, it's running down the hill. <laughs> pushes and pushes and pushes yeah. which is why he's a bad writer director he, well, he needs a director or else he'll push himself look, off of a fucking he needs clip. to push and pull I agree yeah. With that, yeah. except I, I do love Molly's game. Okay, Molly's game is the one where it's I'm the, like, it's this the is uncut cool H. Good. It's because like, it also yeah. doesn't look like shit. It no. Like being Fine. the Ricardos and yeah. uh, oh. especially Chicago Seven. Wow. Chicago Seven is one of the worst looking movies. Oh. Chicago Seven looks like garbage. Yeah, it's so everyone's hair looks crazy. I. I forgot about being the Ricardos. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. A, a movie he wrote and directed. Three acting nominations, David. Who's the third? J.K. Simmons? Yeah. That's J.K. in, oh my yeah. God. J.K. Simmons has two Oscar nominations. Oh, I think you should have more. Whiplash? Yeah, yeah Whiplash. <laughs> he won for what that. What was the other one? Juno, probably? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, Juno. come on. He's been in a lot Patriots, of good movies. Uh, yeah, you just sort of keep going. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, the sun sets, and you're like, uh... I don't fucking know. Uh, come on, just tell me. What what was yeah. it? Being the Ricardos. He's not in that. Yes, he is. He's in it. Um, Absurd. Uh, <sighs> no, it, it, Molly's game is like, I, I think like 30% amateurishly directed, yes. 70% just workman like, get out of the way, serve the script, great performances. It's got some, it's got a, a couple ideas right. uh, visually that I, you know, it's, it's, it's got some. Right? No, it's got some. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I think he's going to refine right. it. He's going to become a really good. And then the next mm. movie immediately, it's all bad habits take over. He's never coming out of this. But geez, Trial of the Chicago 7 is fucking 
Remember when Jeremy Strong said, "Dog shit." Remember when Jeremy Strong said he asked Aaron Sorkin to spray him in the face with real yeah. tear gas? Yeah, those two together in a room. I know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> and when Jeremy Strong got profiled in the New Yorker, Jessica Chastain had to share like a typewritten letter from yes, Aaron Sorkin. She did. She did. God, look, everyone. God, is God, remember when crazy. there was a profile of? Okay, we, look, one, we of my, one of my one of my hottest take, one of my hottest takes is that I think Jeremy Strong is good in Chicago Seven, and Sasha Baron Cohen is disastrous. Sasha Baron Cohen also, also, it's just like the politics of that movie are so oh, horrendous, awful. <laughs> And they totally were who Abby politics. Hoffman was. Yeah, yes. no, it's no. it's weird. it's a weird. Right. But that's the thing with Sorkin is he's like, who are these guys? Yeah, I don't get it. Who are these guys? Okay, right. I guess I'll read this book. Like he doesn't care about stuff like that. No. And so yeah, so he'll just do a thing where you're like, well, that Abby Hoffman didn't behave this way. You know, whatever. Sorkin's politics are like it's morning in America, the ad, but not Reagan. Yeah, like he likes the Clinton-y. Idea. Yeah, right. Like yeah. the Folgers coffee commercial. He's with like the people. Siblings people can fuck. do good if they right. try hard enough. Right. And it's like, well, okay. Right. It's totally sort of like just an abstract notion of integrity. And honesty. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, I can't get into his politics right now. Sure. <laughs> That's like a further t- pretzel to yeah. I'm not. But um, okay, Steve Jobs. Yes, has three acts. Mm-hmm. The first was filmed in 16 millimeter. The mm-hmm. second in 35, and the third in digital. I don't and know if you knew that. And you know, in between oh, them, they like unspool or the the real ends. It's really cool. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the the score, the perfect score by Daniel Pemberton, mm-hmm. which uh, I listen to all the time. What's up? Why do they do that? Because time is passing. Oh, <laughs> to sort of represent the, the, the different the shift time technology periods. in the three eras. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's very, if you watch this movie over and over again, it really, it's you really see it. I think it's incredibly it's effective. So cool. And it's a thing like that that is, it, it, it's not a showy look at my concept thing. I think it does affect the feeling of the yeah. three Because the score changes yep. every time as well. Uh, the, the, the composer used very, very different music styles for each act. Uh, aesthetically, everything feels different. Obviously, yeah. the setting is very different Basically, every time. It's like three short films. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and the main character is Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. played by Michael Fassbender. And he's always with his trusty publicity head, mm-hmm. Joanna Hoffman, played by Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Played brilliantly by Kate Winslet. An Oscar-nominated performance. Snub for the win, maybe? Golden Globe Rachel McAdams winner. Who wins this year? <sighs> Candor. It's one of those ones where you're like, oh, the worst. And Eddie Redmayne won. won Best Actor. No, he did not. No, because he, he won, won the year before. Theory oh, who he was, was nominated for the Danish this Girl, year for Yon Danish. Oh Girl. fuck, this is the Leo year. This is the this Revenant. Is the Leo this year. is the Leo. Oh. Year. I mean, I, I've said this so many times. If Vikander had won for Ex Machina instead, I think that would, would that age be better. Well. That'd be, but but listen to I these five nominees. I feel like we just did this. Yeah, Maybe I think not. you, you and, you I, and I, I just did, did this <laughs> after we saw Scream. Humble brag. Why were we talking about this year? I because I think we were talking about we're talking this about movie. Jobs. Yeah. Well, it's also just so weird because that year felt like everyone being like, "Vikander's the new person. We're going to anoint her," and then she like also kind of disappears for five yeah, years. They yeah. go off to Even live in Portugal. Yeah. I like Alicia Vikander. I do too. Clear. I support her. I do too. But I'm it felt of, like this I'm was kind of like meh on her. That's I've never fair. been wowed. I don't really like her in The Danish Girl, the film she won Best Picture. Best, she best won Sporting Best Picture. They for. gave her Best Picture. <laughs> um, Jennifer Jason Lee in Hateful Eight. Uh-huh. Which Rooney, is kind of a career nom. But, you know, I like that performance. But sure. yes, kind of a career nom. Yeah. Rooney Mara and Carol, obvious sort of egregious character. Category, uh, category fraud. fraud sort of but won. obviously a good performance. Oh, but she's not winning because of the category. I really sure, think yeah. the category no, fraud, though, was too crazy. I agree. Rachel McAdams in Spotlight. 
my winner. Just an amazing performance. Yeah, lovely. we all agree. Lovely, incredible. And lovely then in her ill-fitting in, khakis, Winslet in Jobs, who was probably never going to win because she had recently won an Oscar, yeah. but won the Globe and the BAFTA. Right. So it kind of felt like, yeah. oh fuck. Maybe. It kind of felt like maybe we'll just give it to her. And it felt Vikander. It was one of those things where they were like, are they running her in lead, she's the lead for Danish yeah. Girl and right. then supporting for Ex Machina? Which one's she going to get nominated for? And then, yeah, she she wins for the shitty movie that no one likes in a completely forgotten performance. Best actor is almost more egregious to me because... Because well, Leo wins. Because Leo wins for The Revenant. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just play out an alternate history to yeah. this. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender wins Jones. for Steve Jobs. We love that. That's great. Leo doesn't win. Leo does win for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <sighs> meaning that Joaquin does not win mm. for Joker. Mm. How do we all feel about that great. version Sounds of Sounds good. Events? Incredible. Incredible right? performance by him. Like, yeah. The Revenant is just like, that's the one. There's also the version where they just give it to him for fucking Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Like right, they exactly. It should have been the performance before or after yeah, Revenant. exactly. Yeah, but he had to lose to McConaughey that year. Boo. This is the whole thing. It's like... Right, and I said give it to McConaughey for Interstellar. Exactly. No, but this is like, you know, they were like, no, you don't understand. This McConaughey performance will stand the test of time. Right. I could be like... Hi, I'm here from 10 years later. It doesn't. <laughs> right. No one talks about that right. performance. What we the, actually have kind of turned on that yeah, movie. Yeah, everyone kind of doesn't want yeah. to talk about that movie, honestly. But even like the ripple effect of like giving, uh, I feel like I've said this one so many times, but Jeff Bridges, the he's overdue crazy hard award. Right, and then it's like True Grit rolls right. in one year later. Right. And that year they have to give it to Colin Firth when Colin because Firth f- had given the better performance in the Bridges year. Yeah. And you're like, you could just swap them. Here's the thing is that when you look at what the Oscars do, like if you just look at a sheet that's like yeah. the best actor from every year, like the best picture from every year, it's like, damn, they fuck it up so much. They do. I Every do, time. I do feel like sometimes if you step back and you sort of squint like a magic eye right, painting. Like a Monet. You're like, by and large, a lot of the time. It all works out. The, the right people of, get right. their awards. Yes. And sometimes they got too late or they got too early, but then a course corrected or whatever. And some people just get snubbed and some people have awards that never should have gotten them. Right. But you're like, Joaquin should have one. Leo yeah. should have one. Sure. It does divide out. Anyway. Maybe Fastbender will get one next year. Next Maybe goal wins. The killer. Yeah. The killer? The, the killer. killer. What if there was a killer? Um, so Kate Winslet is always there mm-hmm. with her Polish accent mm-hmm. sometimes. Seth Rogen is always there playing Steve Wozniak, okay. the co-founder of Apple. Can I say it? And you guys, I think my boomy out of the room. What? I think this is the best performance in the movie. Well, that's I, crazy, I think, but it's a great performance. I think, I think he is. I, I, won't, I won't bump up against We love that. the that's performance. Great. I think he's unbelievable in, in, in a back film. to oscar talk in a perfect world yes. they are showing the scene in the orchestra pit yes when I, yes i feel if like seth rogan got yeah. nominated there there he had some oscar buzz and then this movie's oscar buzz bomb, just kind of died it went away because it's like he's not winslet is beloved enough a favorite Fastbender's sort of scene is overdue because of the shame snub the comedian going serious yeah, is not going to get over the kind hump of for a his, movie that flops. Well, like, it's his first. It's his yes, first. Right? It's really him to, doing his yeah. first dramatic role. But I feel like it was a very similar thing with Pat Oswalt and Young Adult, where the second that movie bombed, it was like, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, you, there had been, they had been flirting with it. And then if you're a it. funny guy, the movie needs to have so much groundswell behind it to overcome. Yes. Right. Don't talk to me like I'm other people. No, yeah. he's, he's, oh, he's amazing so in the movie. Just, right, okay. the, the fucking, the orchestra scene, <laughs> his okay. breathing pattern in it. Yeah, well, he breathed good. He breathes really, he breathes he's doing good. like Gandolfini well, breathing. Yeah. Like, come on, like, let's, let's, you know. <laughs> 
the legend. Is I the think legend. he's phenomenal in that movie. In I, this movie. We all agree. Yeah. Rogan amazing in this yeah. movie. Maybe Ben doesn't agree. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's his best acting performance period. So in all three. Okay. Yeah. In all three. Jeff Daniels is always there. As yeah. John Scully, who was CEO of Apple mm-hmm. for 10 years. Yeah. In the first two, but not the third. Mm-hmm. Chris Catherine Waterston is there as Chris Ann Brennan. Sure. Uh, Steve Jobs' former girlfriend. Mm-hmm. In all three, Michael Stolberg is there as yeah. Andy Hertzfeld, uh, oh. who actually, uh, you guys might not know, this is one of the little trolls from Frozen. <laughs> I was going to say. They he actually is a rock, haircut. and then he spins, yeah. and he goes, hello! <laughs> a bit of a fixer-upper. <laughs> I, uh, it's one of the great shames of this movie's failure for me, that I cannot buy a line of collectible plushes of Michael Stolberg and his various <laughs> in his three costumes. Yes. I, uh, his when little, his I don't belly, know that his look changes When that his much. little bangs yes. are like white at his the white end, bangs yeah. little belly. Oh, it's so cute. He's adorable. He really this. is. Um, yeah. in, every, in every scene, in every act, Lisa mm-hmm. Brennan Jobs is there, played by three different actors, obviously. The last actor who plays her as a teen is Perla Haney-Jardine. Who's baby is, in Kill Bill Volume 2. She's Correct. also the Sandman's daughter in Spider-Man 3. There you go. Uh, not Adam Sandler's daughter, to no. be clear. She's <laughs> really good. All oh. the Lisas are pretty good. Middle Lisa breaks my heart every time. I mean, I all three Lisas. I, 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 I think she kind of brings the heat in the last, in the last bit. Oh, true. Yeah. Is Sarah Snook in all three or is she only in one I was going to say, Sarah, okay. Sarah Snook is only in one and three. Okay. Yeah. She does not appear She does in the not go act. over to next. But gotcha. she is playing a real person, Andy Cunningham, who is actually really happy with uh, the, her portrayal in this film. Yeah, you know well, what? Why wouldn't you be? I would be she gets the thrilled if Sarah to turn Snook off. played me. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and also, if in the movie, Steve Jobs is like, you did a good job. You, I have no notes. You did exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Fulfilled arc. Um, and also, secretly, in mm. every uh, act, John Ortiz. Yes. Joel uh, Forsheimer. Quietly. A GQ journalist. He's actually yeah. profiling him every time. Yes. Uh, that's it. But like... Kind of a good it, running mm-hmm. bit that Jobs keeps forgetting or not noticing that this guy is shadowing him and following him. Um, yeah. Correct. And... Uh, there's this running joke that there are two Andes, and it's only by the third act that Kate Winslet points out, like, yeah. you know, the other Andy is a girl named Andrea. That's Sarah Snook's character. Like, you could right. just call her Andrea. But he's like, I know who well, I'm no, talking yes. about. He Everyone says, else should know That's the I'm thing. He about. says, I know to call her Andrea. The problem is, right. It's it's a perfect Steve Jobs logic puzzle thing. thing of, like, but there's the error in communication here that I can't defeat. Yeah. Um, But in every act... It's basically like he's running around and all of these people want some of his time mm-hmm. in some, you know, form. Everyone wants just a minute to talk to him. Exactly. Uh, and he's in the three acts and this mm-hmm. is the most brilliant choice by Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Or the launch of the Macintosh, the mm-hmm. launch of the Next, which mm-hmm. is the cleverest choice, and the launch of the iMac. He doesn't get into the iPod or nope. the iPad or the mm-hmm. iTunes. But he does get to a notion of putting a thousand songs mm-hmm. in one's pocket. Interesting. He also tells... Uh, Jeff Daniels that the reason the Howard doesn't work is because you've got styluses on your fingers. The Newton. The Newton. The Newton. I the love Howard. I don't know. I guess they're kind James of the same Newton name. Howard? Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> they should have called it the Howard. Yeah. <laughs> they should have called it the James Isn't it disgusting that we can like figure out how the other is th- <laughs> like we all are Depraved. infected with the of... same stupid movie brain rot. Oh gosh. Um, but no, that's that... sort of a reference to the iPad. Yeah, right, the, or subtly. the iPhone. He's like, sure, he's like, okay. a, he can immediately laser in and say, the reason your shit didn't work 
is because you had a stylus when you already have styluses on your finger. I think, the things we could have done. Yeah. I think that is arguably the best like single moment distillation of what Steve Jobs' uh, talent was in the movie. But here you go. That's yeah. what part of what this movie is about. I agree. Is everyone being like, why are you famous? What's your thing? What do you what do? Is the thing? What is this? That plays the orchestra. Uh, yes, and that's yeah. that's the way he describes himself. But yeah. like, I feel like it's trying to reckon with why is this man so consequential, right? When he doesn't actually do anything except sort of yell at people and have ideas, yeah, think big picture, and then like kind of bully and cajole and frighten others into achieving what he wants, and even the, when what he wants seems illogical. And or... even more fascinatingly, that he basically had that reputation for the first 20 years of nearly complete failure. Right. Like, he was fucking tripping over and over and yeah. over again. Everyone's like, but obviously the guy's a genius. You know, and we have these figures uh, today, and some of them have seemed to conclusively prove themselves to be morons, you know? And then there, I, I couldn't think of one in particular. Uh, but yes, no, to basically end the movie with the first time he's going to have like a complete success yes. and completely kind of prove his whole philosophy. It is cool that they picked two, that Sorkin picks like two flops yeah. to start the movie. That's, I think it's really clever of him to not end with like the iPhone, yeah. right. I guess. And, and also the fact that Jobs is so like averse to acknowledging what is actually making Apple money. Apple Let's all acknowledge the Apple II. Let's II. acknowledge the Let Apple II. Let us take some time to acknowledge the Apple II team. Let's put some respect on the name of the Apple II team. Why did I any of just did the top anyone guys. in this room ever yeah. own an Apple II? Just the top guys. What? David, just the top guys. No. Is that I a, remember them in you school. might have. Yes, yeah. they were a classic school thing. Hmm? Oh, sorry. I You're I, Olivia, and I'm not <laughs> saying this to shame you. Too young to have ever even seen I, an Apple I, II. I had yeah. to Okay, so here's my thing with this movie is that I actually don't give a shit about tech or Steve Jobs or anything. I, I think, think a lot of people who love this movie like, feel the same way. It's just an here. incredible movie. So I had to like look up like what is the Apple II right, or like right, what right, does right. it mean what if they're is like anyone talking running about? like yeah. uh like a 560 computer on a 120. I'm it's like, I don't oh, 512. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't understand what any of that means. I'm just along for the ride. Mm. Yeah, like the Macintosh 512 had 512 kilobytes of RAM, aka my phone. For like one millisecond of whatever it does right. now, or you right. know, yeah, it's it's the like reserve that keeps your place in the <laughs> game when you're on standby <laughs> mode. It's what plays like the worst ad when yeah. you're jerking <laughs> off to something oh. like in the corner. And fellas, Some weird don't you Simpsons hate it when... I was just trying to think of the jankiest thing online. Okay, so should we just you start know, with the you first? Know what act? Truly, is like equivalent to I don't. The, like, tiny bit of, like, energy memory that keeps the time when your phone is off or whatever. Sure. Right. You know? Just, like, tick, tock, tick, right. tock. Anyway, go on. But I do want to say, because you Yeah, you didn't have an Apple II, but did you have a Macintosh? Mm-hmm. I looked up what was the first, because I grew up, Olivia, in an Apple household. Right. My dad oh. was a I knew this designer. about That's your cool. Your dad was a graphic yeah. designer, and it was, like, whenever I was a kid, the yeah. only kids who had Macs. Yeah were the kids whose parents worked in arts. Man of science. Like, I, I had a neighbor yeah. whose like, mom was like a graphic designer. Always, yeah. That, yeah. They that had, was the like, only people who owned the Macs. Mac desktop. And Hell I was like, yeah. that's so cool. We had a Gateway 2000. There you go. Moo. Moo. I mean, it sucked at the time. But because, did you have a Macintosh? Well, okay. so I had a Macintosh Performa, mm. uh, which was... Uh, specifically the 578 yep. that came out in 1994. That was my first what? computer. Wow. wow. So you were also early computer household. Yep. Yeah, I don't For think sure. we had a computer in the home until 98. Did that have the internet? 
It did. Hell yeah. Yep. It had not American Online yet. Yeah. It must have had like CompuServe, probably. Yeah. Yep. I was gonna say Netscape, maybe, but uh, maybe well, CompuServe is a browser. CompuServe is probably your like. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the thing that sucked is that it had no games. Right. right. Yeah. The All Mac the games was not were really... on PC. Right. So yeah. I immediately was just kind of like, it oh, what? Like... I'm going to learn with this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I felt like you could get like some of the Sim game, like Sim sure. There was, it was a much more limited. You weren't, you weren't buying Disney Interactive CD-ROMs. Kids ROMs weren't for like running Mac. to your house to play. No. On I didn't your have to get Macintosh. permission from my parents to buy any of the games that were available on Apple computers. Yeah. I mean, we were. You're right. Right. They were all. Family friend. We were yeah. like a little later. Those skulls There's like exploding. math munchers. <laughs> that were my options. You couldn't get Quake or whatever. No. Yeah. We were like a little later getting a computer in the household. And so right. I would be so attracted to any kid I knew who had a computer at their place. Like being like, oh, let me play it with that kid. I'd play on the computer, play some games, go online, you know? Yeah. Or like, I, I, Dad, I really want to come over to your office. I should spend more time in your office has the internet and I can look up lego.com right? right absolutely whatever um it, going over to kids houses who had Macs it felt a little bit like we don't even own a TV there was this attitude of like actually the Mac is better right that's what they were like but they your were, computer yeah. does nothing fun what are you talking about until the iMac it was like this computer is boring and I you're mean, telling me that you're better the old joke was that they were like Catholics yes. and that PC users were like Protestants where the Mac users were like this is it has to be this way yes it's very important yes. and it's the best version of it. PC users were like I don't know you yeah. know what this is but like, here is the thing I want to say yeah okay so anytime I would have to use a PC computer and like even remember like seeing it boot up and like seeing DOS mm. and seeing just like what they talk about in this first part of the movie, yeah. the, the design, the aesthetic. Yeah. I remember as a kid being like, this sucks. Yeah, it <laughs> this sucks. sucks. It was bad. It's this is really bad. Yeah. Like, you didn't think I'm, it was a friendly face where the where the slot was a smile? No, it was the opposite. It was like so clunky yeah. and and just seeing even just the the like behind the scenes of how the computer worked, like it was just immediately right. recognizable that like. Apple computers were superior. They are. They were superior. And the whole thing with the first act of the film, which is about the Macintosh, mm -hmm. 128, mm -hmm. is he's had this great idea for a computer that anyone can use, mm -hmm. including his five-year-old daughter. Yeah. But unfortunately, because it's 1984, it costs like the equivalent of like 10 grand today. Well, David, let's not skip ahead because a thing that I had completely forgotten that I think is actually really key to this movie is starting with the Arthur C. Clarke interview. Oh, yeah, I, I think it, it is so incredibly good. important. Arthur C. Clarke just raining threes. Oh, by the way. Like, everything he says is just correct. Really yeah. saying From exactly like, what's going. He might to as well be like, and then you'll pay your bills with PayPal. He's, he's literally you know, like, like you, you know, eBay you, is going to be the auction site. You won't have to work in an office anymore. Yeah. You can work, live out in the country yeah. and work remotely. He's, he's predicted the threes from the concession stand. Like he's not even on the court. He's so far away, and everyone is just like, interesting theory, Mister Clark. But but basically. I do think he sets such a good context for what's going to drive Steve Jobs for the rest of this movie, which is like these people who see this is the future. This is the thing that fundamentally changes humanity right. and society. The greatest obstacle to that right now is that computers seem scary. They seem unfriendly, daunting. And they seem like for, for technical professionals right. who need them, but they don't seem like something casual. And Arthur C. Clarke is like, here are all the functions that these will serve at some point to make our lives easier. But saying to this little kid, someday it's going to be this big and not this crazy room that looks like a dentist's office, right? 
Steve Jobs is just like obsessive about like, how do I get the thing that makes fe people feel comfortable? Right. That they want to bring into their home for the right price, the right functionality, the right look. He doesn't want the hobbyists and the hackers. He doesn't right. want it to be opened and he doesn't want it. Yes. Like, you know, they, he was, like he was very, the people. Look, right. not to jump ahead, but the first PC, my, oh, sorry, the first computer yeah. my grandma ever bought was an iMac, the the iMac. She's one of the 30% of people who had never exactly. owned a computer That before. really was that moment where yeah. it's like my grandma in her 60s at that point yeah. was like, well, we got this internet now. I guess I should check it, it out. It finally seemed I approachable want a computer to a lot of people. That you plug it in, yeah. you plug the mouse in, you plug the keyboard in. That's all I have to do. It works and it connects to the internet and it gives me email. I remember when my He was right. He in was right. It's just yeah. that nothing else was really ready for him there. Yeah. I just remember blowing my fucking mind when my 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 like elementary middle school or whatever converted to IMAX. You walk in and now there's just like a lineup of IMAX and you're like, that's the whole thing. There's like nothing under the there's desk. Nothing underneath. Yeah. There's no giant console. It's just this one thing that looks like candy. They were in our computer lab too, and they looked so cool. They looked that, so cool. That is the like Steve Jobs thing. Yeah, Lisa yeah. Brennan Jobs is wrong. Is right. that it? Like has to look good, and yeah. people have to like how it looks. That's why he changes out the fucking hydrangeas to the calla lilies in yeah. the middle section. A great unspoken thing it's that so happens throughout good. the middle section. It's yes. so smart. And he's right. It does look better. This yeah. other thing he, I think, understood is like, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Right. Yeah. And and people remember the way these because, things... Yeah. Right. Because, of course, the central dilemma of the first act is that they need the Macintosh to say hello, which yes. is what it did on stage. It has to you be friendly. The video. But it's like, we've just seen the Arthur C. Clarke interview. This is the exact right. thing he's combating. It can't be Hal... Um, and Hertzfeld, the programmer, is like, it's not going to happen. It's going to crash. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it better work. And he's bullying him and he's cajoling him, right? I'm going to call you out on stage if it doesn't and he work. he lifts up Hertzfeld's t-shirt and he goes, which symbol is on your chest? Because he looks like a fucking Care Bear. <laughs> Remind me, are you like a four-leaf clover? Or are you, mm -hmm. are you a rainbow? Um... <laughs> you got a lollipop tummy. That that shot where Faz, where Jobs is like threatening Hertzfeld and the elevator is closing uh -huh. in on him as he shoots him with the finger. Yeah. No, he's doing or this. He's doing yeah. this. He's doing it to his own head. It looks so good. But that's it's, also that's the moment he's just taking the shirt off. He's yeah. just taking the shirt he's off. He's got that's the, the fucking thing, guns. And then when he puts the gun to his, his head, he's is, flexing. Oh yes. my god! It's yes. too hot. It's too hot. So you got that going on. Uh, you've got him flipping out over the fact that Time Magazine has put. A weird sculpture of a computer. Right. On, well, he doesn't uh, know it's a sculpture yet. He thought he was going to be man of the year. Instead, person of the year is the computer. And right. he's blaming it on another, the fact. Another great job by Time Magazine. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's blaming it on the fact that Dan Kotke, who we never see in the movie. There's all these people in yeah. the movie who we never actually see but are referenced sure. constantly, which I think is cool. Um, but it's because he gave a quote about Chris Ann and the paternity. And he's like, this is why I'm not man of the year. Because... Now I'm some kind of bum father or whatever. Right. And he gave a quote. He gave Jobs gave a quote to Time Magazine, an absolutely absurd quote that is a real quote he gave. That yep. Like, oh, oh, this paternity test doesn't mean anything. Like, if you do the math, like 28% of American men could have been the dad. What uh, is that? What is the number on the? It's like ninety four percent. It's ninety four percent accurate, yeah. and he has somehow extrapolated that. His into argument is the remaining six percent equals twenty eight percent of right. American men. Right, but she interprets it as you You're think I'm me a slut. Right. Yes. Um, now, Chrisanne was this sort of like weird. Hippie lady he lived in a mm -hmm. commune with. Again, you should read Lisa's book mm -hmm. if you're a nerd like me. Uh, she certainly was a complicated person, mm -hmm. it seems like. Um, 
and a weird mom mm-hmm. and chaotic, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's essentially slandering her in the press. And as she's pointing out to him, she's uh, he's rich. So, you know. He's incredibly step rich. Up. And everyone's talking about what a rich genius this man is. is. It, it's in the first section where he says, now would be a good time to get in on Apple stock. Yes, he her. does say that. Oh, that's oh. such a dick thing to he say. He says a lot of dickish he's things so to her. He's so dick to her. Catherine he's not nice. Yeah, he's not very nice to her. It seems to be some kind of weird defense mechanism he has. <laughs> uh, Catherine Watterson's really good in this movie, playing like, yeah. what are you doing on your phone? Just doing the free spins on Disney Emoji Blitz so I get the diamonds. <laughs> I, I was like, it has to be something that depraved. It is. Yes. Hey, thanks, Steve Jobs. If it weren't for him, um, I wouldn't be able to have two devices I could sync up with each other to get double diamonds. I, I don't even want to know. Um, well, you do it on the iPhone and then you do it on the iPad and you I, log into the same account so it lets you do it twice in one hour. This is scary. I'm not Spinning acknowledging. this grave right now. Um, what like do you think of diamonds. Catherine Waterston as Chris Anderson? I always Brandon? love her. Yeah, me too. I yeah. think she's good. Yeah. Um, because I think it's she, the toughest role in a it's way. It's the toughest yeah. role. So I think she like... I don't know if she totally gets there for me personally. Mm. I think she's asked to do, she's asked to be like a Sorkin woman, which is, you know, hard. Uh, pretty thankless job. She's yeah. complaining. She's, she's like, she's like complaining and she's yeah. crying and she has right. to be like, she has to be like the woman. Like Kate Winslet does not really have to no, be like that's, capital I, T, capital right. W. Well, Kate the Winslet woman. is like the conscience of yeah, the Yeah, right, exactly. Obviously. And so I think Catherine yes. Watterson has one of the hardest jobs right. in this movie and she does fairly well with it. Um, yeah. But eventually she arrives with Lisa. Mm-hmm. Lisa's a five-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And Steve is so heartbreakingly mean to her. Yeah. Uh, Horrendous. Something funny that Steve does is that I think Joanna says, Chris Ann is here. And he goes, Brennan? As if there is another <laughs> yes. Chris Ann yeah. who yeah. he knows. Yes. He's such an asshole. He's such an asshole. But yes, the fact that he keeps on like openly in front of his daughter saying, she's not yeah. my daughter. Right, and that at he's, age where it's like th- this will stick to her yeah, forever. Right. This and is kind that, of a know, lifelong traumatic thing yes. to hear. That right. she like plaintively says, like you know, oh, so the lease is not named after me, and he's like, no, it's just a coincidence. Well, like you know, because she'll actually listen. It's so much right. worse than that because everyone sort of goes like, move on. Don't listen, he's to him, like, don't listen to him. No, no, no. You know what? Actually, I need to take the time to drill this into her head. And like, I think this is part of why people don't like this movie because he is so acid like nasty in the first part of the film like it's not like he's like all you know giggles in the latter two acts but he does soften and evolve and like learn and there is some pro but like he's really tough in the first act he's yes. pretty unlikable so for people who aren't going to read the books like me hmm. why is he doing this well it's the great mystery of steve Jobs. like it's, it's why never yeah. really no, revealed it's, or it's some combination of he clearly feared initially, like in his early years. Mm-hmm. Like he had had a baby in a commune with a woman he was sort of like not really, you know, like that they were kind of dating, kind of. They, it was a commune, right? Right. And he clearly was like, I'm famous now. I'm I'm the great Steve Jobs, right? Like I can't have this ding- dinging like, my kind of love child. Almost. Right. And also I'm sure he probably had like lawyers and himself being like, well, you don't want to, you know, don't don't pay any more than you are have to, right? Right. But the 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 Lisa Brennan Jobs book is so the the thing that's so painful is that he wouldn't acknowledge it for so long. Stuff like the computer. Which he like it took him like almost to the end of his life to finally be like, Yeah, I, I named the computer after you. Where it's like everyone knew that already. You know what I mean? But like he would get weird and stubborn about it. Like this is the whole mystery of him. Like, why was he such a fucking asshole? Sometimes, and I think you know? I think the movie, I think Sorkin tries to be like, 
well, he got adopted by yes. this family, and then they gave him back. And this, the book is very big on yeah. this, too. He was very fucked up about that notion that they, he'd been returned they by They gave family. him back, and then his new parents had to, like— his new adoptive parents had to like duke it out for a year in court to become his adoptive parents. Because they weren't viewed as good enough to be because his, his birth mom was like they have to be Catholic yes. and, and like, middle class middle or, class or, they or have whatever. To, certain and, college education. And his yeah, yeah, yeah. adoptive parents weren't. And so he says in the movie, My mom refused to love me for a year. And you know, Jeff Daniels is like, That's You can't not, that no you can't do that. do that. And Steve Jobs says, Yes, you can, which I think is what he's trying to do with Lisa. Right. He's like, I am trying I'm like closing that off. I am right. tr not trying to love this child on purpose. And it kind of cracks a little bit when she does that little drawing on well, Mac Pain. Okay, so one of the yeah. greatest moments. Right. So he's got the Macintosh out mm -hmm. and she's fooling around with it. And then she does a painting for him. That look kind of like I the can't iMac. Talk about that. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> Someone else talk about Okay, it. so she... No, I want to force you to talk I don't, about it. I don't want David to cry. I want David to talk about it. I, like, burst into tears so many times during this movie. And it's always to do with the daughter. Talk like, about Like, that's it. always a... Well, it's just... It's the theme throughout the movie. They can only communicate yes. through technology. Yes. Right? Through And not just through technology, through his inventions. Like, that's his ego, right, in the most spectacular way, right? Like, you're always just talking about his shit. And there's even that moment later where Kate Winslet's like... Talk to her about the things she likes. That's how you can communicate with your daughter. And that's when he talks to her about the song. We yeah. can talk about that yeah. later. But Both like, sides now. almost yeah. everything else is her painting the abstract, mm -hmm. right? In the first act. Uh, her asking about the cube in mm -hmm. the second, and like the, the, the measurements of the, the cube ruler. in the second yeah. act, right? And then obviously, thousand songs in your pocket. Yeah. In the third act, but when she makes the abstract and the, and the the look on his face, yeah, and when he sees it, and that's the moment where he like he's he like looks at her, and then he makes her type her name in, and you can see in <sighs> and the she shot types her mother's name because that's her last name. And but you can see in the when the camera is behind them looking at the screen, he's just like staring at her, and they there's just so many good shots of Fassbender like looking at this girl and being like. Fuck, she is smart. She is and, just like which me. is the thing that almost hurts him the most to admit. Yeah, and right. that's and right. that, and right. that right. moment, and which everyone is saying like this girl is just like you. Don't yeah. you right. understand this? That like, moment where he plain, turns around and yeah. says she's using Mac Paint, right? Yes. And she's he's the, like glowing, and yeah. then he suddenly goes like, "I'll buy you a house. I'll yeah. pay for everything. Yes. You Don't gotta worry get to about a better it." School. But it's like this like, odd thing of like he is equally proud that the computer works in the way he envisioned right. it would, and that she is smart enough to know how to use it, and the two. Things communication. Exactly his it. entire philosophy of like, I need to do this not because I want to be seen as a genius, not because I want to make a billion dollars, but because I actually think there is like human potential that can be unlocked by giving putting these in front of kids, yeah, the tools, and, you know, anywhere in the world. Right. What whatever, what suddenly right. can happen? And it's like in that one moment, he sees the thing that he's been fighting for for like 10 to 15 years that's still 10 to 15 years away from actually really working on the scale he wants it to. But it crystallizes the whole thing for him of like, I'm not wrong. No, right. this can work. Right. Like he says with the, um, oh, what is the name of the ship? When they're in the next section, the spaceship. The Skylab. The Skylab. And he's yeah, like, the, the eight years away thing. It's like, yeah. they're 15 years away. Right. Yes. But they actually will figure out how to get it down. He's yes. He's, he's, the thing right now is literally just too expensive. The, like, that was the problem with the Macintosh. It costs right. so much that only computer hobbyists would want to use it. Right. And computer hobbyists were like, what the fuck is this thing? I can't even 
take the back off and yeah. Yeah. put my favorite doohickeys in it. You right. know? Right. And so put a it sound was, card in. But all these balances of like, is it better yeah. to have the price be devound, but for it to have no memory? Is right. It better for it to be a crappy thing. Be yeah. the right shape or size that it's inviting into people's homes, but it doesn't run all these this things. This has always right. been the Apple thing. It's yeah. like you pay this premium for something that does what other products do. Yeah. And Steve Jobs would be like, yeah, but it does it better. And you'd be like, well, sure, but I don't have another 500 bucks, Steve, you know, or whatever, you right. know, like, and that was the thing with this fucking And thing. then, and you'd also be like, why, why doesn't it do this one thing that I really want to? It's like, well, that's not our philosophy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then sometimes you'd be like, eh, I don't want you to do that thing. Yeah. Uh, which we was, decide that discs don't exist anymore. One of the most interesting things about the iPhone was that it, you couldn't look at porn on it. And I remember, and that was late in Steve Jobs' life, like some tech reporter, like texting with Jobs being yeah. like, come on, Steve, like people are grown-ups. Like, you know, can't they make these decisions for themselves? And he was like, nah, I don't think so. I think <laughs> yeah. it's, I don't, I don't think they should. You know, like he just fundamentally sometimes... Yeah, he was maybe like, right about that one. No, I, this is the thing. Sometimes you're like, well, I mean, I don't know about the porn thing, but just in general, like sometimes you're kind of like, yeah, maybe we don't need like that well, much. Well, that's, that know, is like the thing about this movie is that he's usually right. Like so outside of yeah. outside of in his interpersonal relationships, he is almost always wrong. Right. He's yeah. And when it comes to Apple... He is almost always right. And when yeah. you see him in his house, like the the flat, you know, where it's like, yeah. which is apparently how he lived. Like there would be no furniture in the house, and they'd be like, "Where's your furniture?" And he's like, "Ah, eh, it's hard. You it's hard to yeah. pick a sofa." But there and is like, like a it's giant not that hard. You're rich. Right. A giant light up Picasso. <laughs> right. But, right. but that <laughs> is <laughs> that is the genius of the guy, where like he could look at any situation and be like, "Here's the thing in terms of how this is going to work." Six months into someone doing this every day, right? He had such an intelligence about, like, what are human behaviors, what are our wants, what are our needs, the things that are almost unspoken, the annoyances, the one extra step that drives people insane, that slowly, like, gnaws at you. And how do you circumvent that? Or how do you solve the problem that people haven't even identified they need solved for them yet? But yes, it's all in service of this idea of, like, making lives easier for people, making them happier, a thing he has no ability no. to do as a human being. No. He only makes people more miserable and stressed out. It's having empathy for yes. the consumer. Yeah. He has yeah. consumer empathy and zero empathy zero for anyone he actually knows firsthand. That's what's so frustrating right. and, and That's what makes it so good. That's what makes it such a good movie. But, like, tech guys like Wozniak are caught up in the potential of, like, what could this do? And thinking right. about, like, the arms race against the other tech guys, and he's like, I'm thinking of the consumer. I'm thinking of David's grandmother 20 Surely. years from now, you know? Yeah. And like, what's going to confuse her? And how can a guy be that thoughtful and also be like, I'm going to say to this five-year-old to her face that I'm not her dad. And you ask like, how is that even possible? There's that exchange that he and Winslet have later in the movie. What's the term she keeps on using? Like selective delusion or something no, like that? No, reality distortion field. Reality yeah, distortion That's what that, that everyone at Apple talked about. Like, yeah. But that that was also that it's like that what that referred to was that people would come to jobs and he would be like, I want you to do this in three months. And they would be like, well, that's literally impossible. Yeah. I can't do that. Like right. I can't design that in three months. And he'd be like, yes, you can. You know, and they would kind of get sucked into it because they'd be near him. Yeah, and that that was part of his charm or his magic or whatever is that you get sucked into the reality distortion field. Yes. Did any of you watch the the ILM documentary that no. was cast in Disney Plus? It's so fucking good, David. I just watched Steve Jobs again. Yeah, here's what you should watch next: ILM documentary. Mm -hmm. But there's a part where Dennis Muren is talking about on Empire Strikes Back. They're working on a shot. George decided he wanted like an extra establishing shot of the Hoth landscape where the camera is sort of like a helicopter shot overhead. And then he was like, could we get Luke and the Tauntaun going by 
tiny in the middle of the shot. And he's like, this is an actual shot. This is a real shot. I can't just add the stop motion element to it here. Right. right? And he was just like, well, how would you go about it? And he's like, it's impossible. George, it's impossible. You didn't storyboard it this way. We didn't shoot the plate in the way that it was conducive. And he was like, George just said to me, okay, well, just, just think on it. And I was like, it's impossible. And he was like, I hear you. Just think on it. Right. And he was like, George walked away. I sat there stewing for 15 minutes at the arrogance of him not accepting right. me speaking from a place of knowledge, which he did not have. George did not understand yeah, yeah, sure. we get you. We any get of you. this technology. And then 15 minutes in, I went, oh, fuck, there's one way to do it. <laughs> and I solved it. And he was like, I never, ever would have gotten there if he hadn't said that exact thing to me. Even like, it's sort of a flip of the jobs thing, but like the, if he had yelled at me and screamed at me, or had even been kinder and be like, try your hardest. Yeah. I would have never gotten to right, it. Right. And it was the fact that his only path was just like, well, think about it. See what happens. Jobs was sort of like the more extreme hostile version of that, which is like, here's what I want. And everyone would go like, that is not yes, grounded in reality. reality distortion field. It's yes. impossible. It's just like, well, figure out how it's figure done. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, it's not my job to figure it out. My job is to tell you what My job is to have to the idea right. and yes. then you figure it out. Don't kind of a sick job. If you have that talent, uh-huh. just to be the person who's like, mm, what, okay. if, what if there was an iPod? But can I come in with this? What is that job very similar to? Being a film director. Well, oh, well sure. Yeah. A little of that. That's a little bit of the Boyle Although, thing here. Although Boyle is obviously the opposite of this, where he's like, I'm not a dictator. I, I yeah. try to operate from kindness. I try to have good relationships with people. I mean, I think he's injecting so much empathy into the film. Of that course. I, were, I love David Fincher. Yes. I love the man. Yes. And it's I do not think he makes like emotionally distant movies. I but think there's a lot of emotion. Closer to a jobs. Yeah. In yeah. A way. I, I don't know what his version of the no. jobs Lisa relationship comes out as. You know right. what I mean? Like, you know. But when when Wozniak says the thing to him of like, it's not binary. Yeah. Yeah. You can be you can be a genius and be nice at the same time. It's right. like that's the thing that Boyle as a person is arguing for in this movie while mm-hmm. making a movie about a guy who didn't think that was possible. Or at least didn't practice that. Because that's yeah. that's what the director job is. It's a George Lucas but, story of like, I need to get 18 different things done to realize yeah, 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 some yeah, vision yeah. without necessarily understanding each of these jobs right. firsthand. Wait, what do you want to say? Luke? What yeah. I was going to say is that in preparation um, for this, mm-hmm. I went back and listened to my other favorite podcast, What the Fuck with Mark, with Mark Maron. And I listened to the Danny Boyle episode mm. that where he went on promoting this movie. Mark Maron, by the way, loves this movie. Yeah. Taste. Um, but Danny Boyle is like, most of my movies are about redemption. Like, that's like the Catholic in me. Yeah. Sure, that sure. like, there, at the end of this movie, there is some sense that like, through this father-daughter relationship, something has been achieved. Achieved. Whatever. Um, yeah. And I just don't know that Fincher can no. really like, get there. I, who knows? From I, like, there's like, there is like a slight like gooey center to this movie. Yes. Yeah. Like way, 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 way. Was deep much down. criticized at the time. Turn yes. me off at the time. Now I think is essential. Um, but but that's harder for Fincher to get at. I, I mean, again, I, you know, it's a movie that doesn't exist. I'd love to see yeah. some version F- of it. But Fincher this perfect, so. likes bottled emotions. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. he likes the, the people's inability to actually say the thing. Right. Versus totally. this is a movie about a guy who needs to yeah. in some way admit, acknowledge, right. The only other big thing in the first act that we haven't really talked about yet is um, Wozniak, of course. Mm-hmm. Lovely Woz. 
who always appears the same way. Like, hey, hey, Steve, really excited for you, you know? Yeah. Like, and he's like, can, I, can you just, can you, can you just shout out the Apple II yeah. guys? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. So the Apple II, you guys know what an Apple II looked like? Yeah, only because I looked it up. It yesterday. had the uh, green. Uh, screen eventually, so like it the did. hacker screen, yes. the like yes. green so text. Really, the... all the Apple II is is this, huh? Is this, yeah, you know, and you could hook it up to whatever you wanted, whatever sure. monitor you wanted. You could play games on it, you could plug a lot. It had lots of slots, which is what they're arguing over. The slots, Pe- what is what, you what know, is, is it like, it's like people love slots, yes, because like Waz is a computer nerd, right? It's the fucking 70s, yeah. If you're a computer nerd, you're basically like a metal engineer, right? You know, like I mean, it's so hard, it's like hot rodders, like they want to soup up their cars. You know, the yeah. game Breakout, you know, do, 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 you know, with Steve Wozniak programmed that game. Wow. It's one of the first ever video games. That was a Waz joint. Yeah. Damn. Uh, were you about to say, what were people doing on these things? Well, I was saying more, what are you doing with eight slots? There wasn't that many different kinds of floppy disks. But you could you would plug in these like fucking cassettes that you could like Anything. run. Right. And like you would plug in game controller. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they did with those. Th- I'm not a computer hobbyist. Yeah. I don't know, man. My dad had this stuff and it was called a PsyQuest. And it was magnetic tape, right? Whoa! And uh, it was the like the most memory you could get on a uh, portable whatever mm-hmm. uh, drive disc. Um, but if you could get eight megabytes, you get eight megabytes, and it was oh. huge. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like the size of a computer now. But that's like you know the hardcore people who are using computers at this point in time. Most of the things that would take advantage of those slots were failed technologies that would be like you know out of here within a year or whatever. But people wanted to be testing out every new idea that someone had for an add-on. And the idea of, for that extreme kind of consumer, there's a certain Wozniak level of uh, Steve Jobs' uh, empathy for consumer of, like, don't make them have to swap it out all the time. Um, Right. Well, yeah. Yes. But the Apple II, at that time, obviously, is the big seller for them because Mm -hmm. that's the computer market. But... Steve doesn't want to acknowledge them. No. That's the because past. Because he, he didn't, right, he he didn't do anything. Tra- he didn't do anything. He's it. not part of it. Was and also, he doesn't want his cool product to be associated with that you yeah. know, computer dork thing. Anyway, they're hoping the Macintosh is going to sell a million units. It doesn't. It was a flop uh, because it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I've, and of course, Jeff Daniels is there. That's the other. Right. Jeff yes. Daniels, the, the big thing with him in the first act is they're talking about the Ridley Scott directed mm-hmm. 1984 ad. Starring skinheads, <laughs> which which had some skinheads enjoying in it. a fifty five Margot. They're having a fifty five Margot, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got this whole father son thing, right? You know, it's very obvious. Oh, did one you guys the- want a glass? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, one of here. the funniest exchanges of dialogue in this movie is when they're talking about the bet that Hertzfeld had made that Jobs was gonna switch the verse mm-hmm. from the Bob Dylan song, and he's and Jobs is like, why why would Hertzfeld make that bet? And he says, uh, because he was warning me that like being your father figure is going to be a bad shake. Yeah. And then Jobs like tries to go yell at Hertzfeld and jo- and Jeff just like turns back and he's like, I'm proud of you. Like immediately snapping into father mode. Yeah. It just really, it really works for me and it makes me kind of giggle every time. I mean, Daniels is just so in the pocket on, on the, the Sorkin thing at this moment. He is really making a meal out of everything he is asked to do in this movie. I remember reading some interview with Daniel. His jowls be going crazy uh. in this movie, too. <laughs> He'd be jowling all over. I always, every time I look at Daniel's, in at any age, 
my first thought is uh, Golden Retriever. Yeah. Sure. sure. I mean, but especially kind of like, like Terms a, of Endearment or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he looks like a Golden Retriever. You know when a Golden Retriever gets old? And now. Like, that's, yeah, right. Exactly. That's the thing. I'm like, but Terms of Endearment, I'm like, oh, it's a young, plucky. Yeah. And then this, you're like, it's some old dragon his hind legs <laughs> dog. Yeah, right. Where you're like, yeah. yeah. Some... It's not just his hair coloring, but it's it's, no, it's the length so... of the face and his whole attitude is sort of all shucks thing. But um, I remember an interview with him. I think it was when this movie was coming out, but also maybe there was another new newsroom season or it was ending or whatever it was and he was doing like a career overview thing and they asked him about working with Sorkin because he had had such a good kind of connection with him at this point and then they do To Kill a Mockingbird after this mm-hmm. um, but he was just like the whole thing is I just threw my pen in theory he's like the whole thing is you just have to know the dialogue so well like you you need to wrestle this stuff down it's really precise, it's really specific, it's really rhythmic, and you need to know it's so dead to rights backwards and forwards that then you can play with it and do anything with it. Because right. you're not going to play with the language, you can play with how you you dance around it. And that's the thing I remember him saying. He's like, then you can dance on it. And um, I always and just that picture... Is- that is really what he's doing. Jeff Daniels doing a soft shoe on top of like a, a Sorkin script. Yeah. But yes, he is dancing. How do you guys feel it. about the... Um, Boyle projection, like when he's projecting the lyrics to the Bob Dylan song. Love any of that shit. And then in the second act where he shows the Skylab, I mean, that's the point, breaking the reality. You're in a movie, baby. It was a thing that, I don't know if it bugged me the first time I saw it, but it was sort of that thing of like, Boyle feels like a weird choice for this material, and then I'm going to see it, and I'm like, why did Boyle make this? And then those things start happening, and I was like, he couldn't help himself, huh? But now I, I think it's more of a piece. Yeah. Yeah. That ad is crazy, though. That right. ad is it, so It's kind crazy. of insane. But oh, I, I also rules. think yeah. it's, it's like also unlike anything else. Probably like the most famous ad yeah. Right. Yeah. in Ever. the world. Like, it's incredible. But also they're right about it where it's like the ad was a massive success as a piece of filmmaking yes. right. that did nothing for the brand or the product. No. It worked mostly as an advertisement for itself. It did plant Apple in the name, like the name in the heads yeah, of people. Yeah, it was a success, but it yes. was not a success the way a corporate board might perceive it because right. the Macintosh didn't sell. But the Macintosh didn't sell because it cost too much money. Yeah. Fundamentally. Yeah. Uh, the ad rules, Ridley Scott. Yeah. We'll do it one day when we do him. Sure. We'll do the 1984 ad. I'm going to throw a hammer. It'll be great. Act two. Yes. I know. No, no. We're, I know. I know. I know. We've been talking for a long time. Can we say, I just want to quickly say, at two points, look, we we obviously did a very committed bit in the 127 hours episode where yeah, four yeah, yeah. real we recorded for 127 straight course, hours. And you guys have heard that. And that was real and it was great and it was really seamless. Yeah, and we really leaned into we it. We really yeah. leaned into it and it was clean and we didn't forget to track the logic of it That's at times. Why I have strap. Of course. Uh, at, at two different times, Ben has pitched uh, one, doing the entire episode on treadmills. Yes. <laughs> That was a pitch at one point. How many treadmills could I get so we could walk and talk the whole episode? (laughs) Which David, we'd really get our steps in. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But David's argument was it would be too loud. It would be very loud. Those things uh, are not quiet. A treadmill is loud. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then my pitch at one point in time, and it was you basically said, I don't want this bit to overpower the things I actually have to say about this movie. Right. My bit was the episode was three acts in three different time periods of doing this podcast with right. three different guests. Yeah. And we made the audio quality better as it went along. <laughs> right. And we treated the first act like we were in the closet at UCB 
And then someone came in and canceled us and said, Danny Boyle miniseries over. It's a failure. And it had taken us eight years to get to the the final episode. But thankfully, we settled on we're all wearing turtlenecks. Yeah, yeah and that yes. works. It yeah. works. Right. So good. And we're all wearing glasses. Acid we should have just all done mild Polish accents. Steve, what's the matter with you? What I've been doing the Polish accent the entire time. What are you I talking swear about? this time I was kind of like, maybe it's just that it's thickest in the first act. So I think that's And by what the it last is. act, it's gone. And that's fine because she's lived that in America 15 more years. And then it comes watch on. like a video of the real Joanna Hoffman, Kate Winslet is doing a good job. Yeah. It's just that it sounds weird it when you see like Kate Winslet. one second before filming right. they were like oh and like kind of do like a Polish thing but there is that thing with people who are like deeply Americanized but haven't totally lost their accent yeah. where it's not there in every syllable and it's in and out I do agree with you though David that I was thinking the exact same thing and then start of act three it's really heavy and you're like well this is where it starts to <laughs> because you need that great line about like the broad European tragedy of your life or whatever the, the, it's the, like the, I'm not from a shadow the broad yeah. eastern European canvas of <laughs> your life but act two is when uh she's kind of not even bothering uh sorry act two yes sir act two at the san francisco yes. opera house the music is suddenly strings i was gonna yes. say she's Guys. not even bothering but isn't that when she's or is it act one where where uh where lisa says like i i i like the way you sound she says that to her in act one and and she replies thank you that's the nicest thing anyone's ever right. said to me which is very nice yeah um but no act two obviously it's the um it's the opera house they're launching the next. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs has been fired from Apple. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got this kind of slick back hair. Mm -hmm. The brown contact lenses Michael Fassbender is wearing are suddenly really popping. Yeah. Uh, he looks kind of like a shark. I have yes. always contended he is a scary looking man. He's a scary, scary looking man. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Is. oh, yeah. He has a shark smile and he's yes. got pointy teeth. Yes, he's got pointy teeth. He and looks especially like Buffalo Bill. when his eyes are blue, they look a little too blue. I mean, not yes. Buffalo Bill. Uh, Who? Who's the Manhunter one? Oh, uh, the fucking, oh, God, why can I not Tooth remember? Fairy, Tooth Fairy. Thank there you. There you go. You know, the other, dollar the other Hannibal, yeah, Dollar yes. Hyde, yeah. Yes. The other Hannibal yes. villain. And so now Lisa's nine. Uh, her relationship with Steve is clearly better. That's 234 diamonds, by the way, and now I'm going to sync with the iPad, okay, so I'll keep people updated. Uh -huh. um, I'll get me at least one diamond box. He is like chilled out on her a little bit. He's, they're, they're better. Yeah, right. they're, they're certainly better. He is, he is also in chilled out mode. Yes. yes. Because as he slowly reveals, he basically knows this thing he's launching is basically just kind of like a test balloon. It's yeah. not really right. designed for commercial. It's, use. it's designed to have an OS that does not exist yes. yet. It that exist will yet. eventually I mean, get sold to Apple. And this is, of course, when I start ranting to my wife about how if you look at Next OS, which is what eventually they did create for it, it is this. Yeah. It's this. Yeah. And I was just like, that it's really it's the first version of this, and it's still what you fucking use. And then I like, picked up my phone and I was like, he's everywhere. And then you filed for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> she filed for divorce. Oh. The um, internet was created on it. Yes, it was. Yeah. That is absolutely right. Wow. Tim Berners Lee, who will be saluted in Danny Boyle's Olympic ceremony, wow. used the next computer to create the World Wide Web. Yeah. Take um, that. Wait, who's the guy that did IBM? Bill Gates. He's Microsoft, but sure, yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah, in your What's face, the Gates. Difference? Well, they're very different. What do you mean? All right, forget it. Who cares? Um, and uh, so, what happens in this in this act, Griffin? Like, what are the key? If you you know, Chris Ann seems a little more unstable this time. Yes, Jobs is kind of freaked out by just how you know 
weirdly she's using money, says maybe she threw a cereal bowl at her daughter. Right. There's kind of the, you know, the daughter seems much more the, unsettled. The, the years-long sinus infection. That begins that, here. Yeah, right. yes. this is the start right. of this. She needs she to see, see a, a doctor and a dentist. dentist. Yes. And he says, I dropped out of college after one semester, but I'll give it a look. Well, yes, which is funny. Uh, this is also the the act in which he puts his feet in the toilet bowl, which is something that, that Steve is, Jobs would really do. It's, it's so weird that that is not explained i mean i There's get a lot of things in this movie yeah. that aren't really explained mm-hmm. but yes. it is like the first time you watch that movie you're like what the fuck is he doing like yes. well, it I don't feels know. like something someone who took too much lsd would do which might be yeah. i mean well, he took a lot, he of, took of, a lot of lsd he took a lot yeah. he took a lot yeah. so um, i like that he flushes after he washes them it's like, yeah good for him what did you get in there <laughs> <laughs> um another another thing i like is when he's with lisa alone in the dressing room in this movie and they're talking about the cube and she's measuring it with the ruler and she says what did she say if i had another ruler i'd measure this ruler which is a very steve jobs thing to say and it's very like oh these two are more similar than he would like them and she's a little sorkin baby yeah she's a little she she can do the pattern with him yeah yeah because he sort of explained to her like well if it was actually a perfect cube it would look weird so it has to be like this and she's like, I don't know, my ruler needs a 20-cent ruler. It's that thing ruler. where he's like, he's sending so many people away in annoyance for saying the wrong thing to him. Right. And she is actually combating him. Right. But he kind of tolerates it more because she's making, like, the Jobsian argument. Right. She's getting in his head. In right. A way that, yeah. Right. Um, but there's, yeah, so there's that tension. Um, the big sort of thing that has to be fleshed out in flashback and argument is that John Scully ousted him. Mm-hmm. Slash the board outs at him, whatever. You mm-hmm. know, like that's their that's the big showdown of this act is yes. them screaming at each other in the room full of chairs. Full of chairs. Mm-hmm. Oh. When this seat starts, yes. my heart starts racing. Yes. It's Go on. so good. It's like, first of all, it looks silly at first yes. with the chairs. The chairs, the chairs look chairs. silly. And then it looks, and then you realize you're in for like a, a verbal Western duel sort sure, of thing where right. like they're far away from each other and they're coming in and then they're gonna just like fucking explode. Jeff Daniels at each is other. gonna dance on it. He yeah. dances on it. He dance dances on it. it. My shit is still somewhere in Shanghai. Yeah. Like right, the flashback with like the rain, the rain pouring the rain down the window. Pouring, and they're in the dark room and like in the, the Dutch angles, like from above uh, of jobs being like, you can't fire me, you yes. know, and Jeff Daniels being like, Well, this guy's out of control. It is a thing I think this movie does very well is the rare times it does cut away. It knows it when does to jump do it. into a right. brief flashback. It was and and jobs in, in the, garage. the garage arguing over the slots. You need to see the outsting, you need to see the dinner. Yeah. Basically, the yeah. restaurant in the third act. Yeah. Yeah. Um you absolutely do. Well, it gets the yeah, the other major thing in act 2 is um why is Stolberg that he shows up very briefly. He shows up there. He's just fooling around. In yeah. The He's like, oh, let me see the next. He shows He's, up to yeah. show them the like Macworld right. thing. Right. And that's too. right. It's that Joanna's like, wait a second. You're right. trying to get back into Mac. Like, right. That's that's what this is, isn't yeah. it? Like, but there's the lawsuit going on as well that that, that they keep on saying like, why are Waz and, and Stuhlbarg here? I don't know. They're, no, no they're he's just, just mad that they're still at Apple. He's kind of sure. been. And that Waz. Um, like when Steve got pushed out, oh right, jumped, it's that Wa- Waz, it's Waz dissed gave him a in quote. the press. Yeah, right. Waz gave right. a quote, and then and he's like, "Jeff Daniels made you do that." Yeah, right. and then he tells Jeff Daniels, <laughs> he's like, "Don't 
don't do that to Rain Man or whatever. He yes. calls him Rain Man. He's like, I love that guy right. no matter what happens. Yeah. Like, you can't send can't him to do that. Right. That's the great scene with Waz where Waz has the watch that has the two crazy <laughs> tubes in it. Love it. Yeah. And, and he's like, explain this, this to me. Yeah. And he's like, you don't understand. This is the future of tech. Well, and and right. Steve Jobs is essentially like, do change one thing on it. He's like, it's fine, it's fine. You just need like a screwdriver. <laughs> the fucking Jobs genius That's is what I'm like it's a, a great he sees what we need a thing to do, and B he sees the flaws yes. in other products of like the thing you're not thinking about that he can recognize immediately. This is the scene where fucking Rogit takes it to the paint. I sure. I think I mean, to, he takes it to the paint in the final act too. Yeah, I think this Rogan is, is for me to to use. Jeff Daniels' terms, he's dancing on it. He's dancing on it. I get, uh, I get yeah. kind of choked up on this monologue just because I think his... Uh, there are ways in which his voice cracks. Yeah, Most yeah, of it yeah. plays out in a long shot. He has such an expressive They do voice. long sort of extended takes, but you're not going to close-up of him. And so you're really feeling him build the momentum of the monologue in real time. Like they're letting the performance dictate the flow of the scene. The other thing, and maybe it's why I'm like so bullish on this performance, but I think it's so impressive Rogan gets announced and you're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. If you need to get a famous person to play Wozniak, sure, that sort of makes sense. How's he going to fit into the Sorkin thing, right? right. For someone who has such a specific rhythm of dialogue, right? Has his own comedy stylings, his own speed, his own way of talking. Most of the movies he's in, he writes himself. Yeah. Now, here's a guy who's got an entirely different clip. And Rogan also is a guy who, like, improvises a lot and riffs a lot and is not about precision acting, you know, it's like vibe, feeling yeah. it out, throwing stuff at the wall. And now it's like you have to deliver like a five-page Sorkin monologue that just like builds and builds in intensity. And But don't overplay it. Yeah. Part of the Sorkin thing is everything's a little bit tossed off. And it is that thing where as the speech goes on and he like starts revealing sort of his complicated relationship with this guy who he always has simultaneously loved and hated and knows he knows better than anyone else – and his breath starts like picking up yeah. and his voice starts cracking. Ugh. I find it so heartbreaking. Absolutely. It's really moving. Yeah. It's like a really moving scene. And he just, he does have this guy pegged better than anyone else yeah. in the entire right. movie. Because he, he, he knew him before right. he was fully Steve Jobs. Even better than yes. Winslet, whose job is to like understand him on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, but Rogan's like, I know who you are at a core level. Right. Winslet, Hoffman just has, like, bulletproof armor. Right. So all his nonsense, she's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah. you know, now, Steve, can we? Steve, please. Um, but no, was uh, just to give you some, you know, Rogan, apparently really good at learning lines. Fassbender said he's, he was jealous at how good Rogan was at mastering wow. the dialogue. He was obsessed. He, like, obsessively watched lots of Wozniak footage yeah. to try and get the Hung voice. Hung out with the real Woz Met a lot. the real I could, yeah. I, Look, we could. I love Steve Wozniak yeah. as a legend of computing. We could hang out with him. The guy's like accessible. <laughs> he he went on Shark Tank to pitch a product that was so bad. He's like the <laughs> he opposite. was he was the one going up being like sharks. I have an idea. It was he was like one of the main investors in a product, oh, okay. and it was the other guy's company. And he came in gotcha. and was like advising against a deal. And the product was a jacket to hold all of your devices. So just like a jacket with pockets? But it was like, it's designated pockets. So there's an inner pocket that is laptop size. God, he still Why hasn't want to fucking carry your learned. This is exactly, but he'll never learn. He'll never learn. Fine. Yeah, it was, and he was like, I fully believe this is the future of technology. Right. And Mark Cuban was kind of impressed. Waz is there, is like, Waz, come on. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about, man? And then this guy is like, I have five patents. And he's like, what the fuck are your patents? And he's like, 
to run cables for devices in the lining of fabric. <laughs> cool. Sick. And sure. Chupin is like, this is exactly what's wrong with America. I cannot believe they would give you a patent for that. And the right. guy's like, well, can you blame me? And he's like, I do blame you. Fuck you. Get out of here. <laughs> Um, you guys know Waz used to date Kathy Griffin, right? Hell yeah. Oh, that rules. It was kind of a feature of her TV show, My Life on the D-List. He was on it a, a lot. A, a classic show. I yeah. think of him as just like the classic. He's just around. Hawaiian shirt guy. Yeah. Everyone thinks he's fun. He was on Dancing with the Stars. You know, yeah. he's he's cheerful. One thing Rogan says that's interesting is like, the, none of this dialogue is written as someone who has now studied Steve Wozniak right. is written in his voice. I mean, no. it's sure. Sorkin is Sorkin for, yeah. you know, but, uh, but you know, he's, he's, you know, in, in saying all these things that clearly, you know, are part of the drama of Steve Wozniak. Yeah. Uh, which is very interesting. Um, and he, Josh Gad played this part. Yes, in the, he, sh he sure did. Yes, he did. Um, you know, Rogan doesn't really look like Wozniak at all, but I do like this uh, Boyle quote where he's basically like, "There is something essentially Woz-like about yes. him." Yes, right. You know, it's like the vibe is right. He's yes. like a cheery yeah. guy with bearded like guy. bearded guy with like a rounder build. This was before Seth Rogan really like trimmed down too. This yeah, is, he's kind of mid-trimmed. Yeah. Mid, yeah. Well, he had trimmed more for Green Hornet. Yeah. And then kind of right. got a little more back to normal. And now he's like svelte. Now he's like a svelte vegan who does pottery, right? Right. Yeah. And he's like low-key. I mean, he's always been hot. But also, hot. his beard is huge in this movie. I yes. feel like yeah. he did a big, really good job And he's got big like, hair. He's and trying like, to get yeah. his whole head rounder like real was. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but yes, yeah, the big the Skylab monologue with the Skylab going by, mm -hmm. and I do think about Skylab all the time. That we shot it into space, and we were like, "We'll figure it out. We probably know how to get it back. We'll invent how to get it back, right?" And then mm -hmm. just uh, that's what next is. And mm -hmm. but yes, he sees Apple's failure in the horizon, and mm -hmm. he sees their need for him on the horizon, and it's all going to come back together. And the sure. third act is them launching the iMac. Mm -hmm. He has finally achieved. Everything he's wanted. Yes. Do you want to talk about the both sides now conversation at all? Oh, or should we? <laughs> I love that. I love when he says it's not a really old song unless I'm a really old guy. I love that uh, too. So, right. That is the crucial thing we've not talked about in the second act is that, of course, he tries to engage with her. Yes. What are you listening uh, on to? On Joanna's advice, he's yes. like, I'm going to talk to her about her things. And she explains that she's listening to a song. A really two, uh, two, old song. Two versions of the same really old song. Right. Now, what do we think the two versions are? Well, one, the first one is Joni Mitchell. One assumes. One of them is the Joni Mitchell But version. that's the later one. Uh, the, the original Both Sides Now is, uh, uh, I have it here. Hold on, because I listened Judy to Judy Collins. That. Yes. That's right. And that is the, right, the girlier version. Right. Yes. That's and, that she is referring to. And Joni to. Mitchell's yes. is regretful. Yes. You're too young to be regretful. So the second time I saw is that when she says that, and then she comes and hugs him and says she wants to live with him. That part really, really breaks my heart. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. It's like, tough. Your mom is, like, difficult, but it's yeah. like, so is your dad. But, like, want, like, going to him and saying that is, like, heartbreaking. Well, seeing how awful. He's more protective of her at this yes. point. Yes. He's always making up for mistakes from the last time. Yeah. So yeah. this time he's giving them money. He's giving them security. But right. now he's like, oh, God, you live with her and she's crazy. Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know how to deal with that. Right. Yeah. And in the next one, he finally is like, do you want to watch backstage with me? You know, like he's doing things that she wants to do in the second act, like in the third act. Like I, I, I'll say this too. I mean, going back to Ben's question of like, how is it possible? Like, how does he 
fucking deny her for this he long. He doesn't. Like, no, he no. just will deny things. Well, like, this is what I'm saying. Know, it's so much about his, like... While sub- supporting her and seeing her. And, his know, own like, sense of myth-making around himself. Right. He doesn't want to accept the elements that aren't part of the narrative that he thinks helps the idea of what Steve Jobs is. Right. Like he tells Scully in the last bit, I think. It's all about control. Right. It's all about control. Right. And he has no control over this, like, aspect of his life. And, right. But and over I, himself. Yeah. Because he's poorly made. Yes. Well, that line destroys me. But I think more than like the the denial of the daughter, it's like he doesn't want to acknowledge having been with Chris Ann to a degree. Yes. You know? Yeah, no, that's embarrassing for him too. That's true. Yeah, he doesn't want to have to be associated with her for the rest of his life right. through the kid. But he is. Yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> okay, so the third act is Davy Symphony Hall. They're mm-hmm. doing the iMac. You see him doing the runner show. He's Round got glasses. the turtleneck. Now, of course, Hair he did gray. not actually wear the turtleneck. He's wearing like a dumpy suit in real life. Correct. Sure. Like a but they, Boyle suit. and Fassbender are both like, he needs to fucking wear the Steve Jobs. You need to end it with him looking like It would like look Steve ridiculous yeah. yes. if he was, look up what he was actually it wearing. Bad. It looks yeah, so bad. See. It would look so bad if he actually wore that in the movie. Like, I mean, act two suit is pretty dumpy. Oh, the, so the, they the get like double breasted number? And the fucking Tucker Carlson bow tie at all. It's like hanging over his shoes. It's not great. No. Um, his pants. But yes, uh, and we see him doing, I like that we finally see a minute of the keynote from this one, just as he's rehearsing it. So you see the iMac, yeah. you see the video. You see him practicing. Exactly. Right. And you see, because we never actually see the keynotes rehearsing. because we're cutting right before. Yes. Um, and you see um, the lights going to black. And what was different about it this time? Mm, I liked Sarah that. Snook Sarah Snook that felt cool. actually yeah. turned the exit signs off, which yeah. is definitely not uh, true. Uh, Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking at the suit. And it's it started dumpy, to play. right? I mean, yeah. it's 1998. Yeah. Wow. Did you have an iMac? Anyone have an iMac? No. Okay, cool. I had one. Yeah. What color was it? It was blue. The original. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I remember that day. It was so exciting. Yeah. I had a, a computer in my room. Whoa, that's really cool. Yeah. Wow. That was I that was never allowed in my house. I wanted like a little TV in my room and my parents were like absolutely not. Good parents. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a very like 90s kids thing, but uh did you guys have Are you a saying that have snap bracelets would understand this? Sorry. Yeah, that's what, sorry. We're both rushing. Did for you guys drugs. have a computer room? Yes. Yes. Because that's not a room anymore for people. No, no, but I, I know we didn't. But of course, most of my friends did. Yes, yeah, like right. It's like not a den, not an office. No, sort it's of in a between. room for the computer. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, just like and where you like and your friends some... go to play like Freddy Fish together. Oh, it used to be right. called yeah. the family room, and then it became the computer room, yeah. which is go kind play of the flight first. simulator. Yeah, yeah. Freddy Fish, good pull. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, did you have a computer room? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sam, was that but but, but, but so, wait, yeah. at what age did you get the iMac in your room? Because I got my computer in my room when I was 15. You guys all had computers in your I, room? Olivia, I pulled a heist. Because my parents also were like, no TV in your room. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But And a no computer. But then when I became the editor of my high school oh, newspaper, I was like, well, now I need one. You need it for school. Sure. I need to work on it at home. And they were sure. like, okay, we'll get you like a Dell. Yeah. You know, like a desktop computer. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Oscar forums. Yeah. 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 
MSN Messenger. Yeah, the little dork I was. I think my 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 grandparents got me a Sony Vio when I was in high school. Wow, like James Bond. Like James Bond. It is funny that Sony wanted to make this movie when it is about one of their I great know. competitors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you never had a computer in your room. Uh, no, but I, I think I got a laptop sure. at some point right. the, when I was like 16, maybe, yeah. and I, that was in my right. room. God. That I got deal. it at 13. Wow. wow. And I immediately got into trouble yep. with stuff. Absolutely. Oh, no. Yep. And I'm not going to define what that is. Okay. Nope. <laughs> but it could be a, various, it could be a lot of things. Various different various things. Various things. Yeah. Yeah. But wow, was the internet the Wild West in those days? It sure was. The internet was really anything. crazy. Yeah. yeah, it really you was. You could really crazy. just, oh my God. Duty.com. Remember that? I've seen a lot oh. of the most fucked up imagine. shit in my life in like the early, the like 2000s yes. oh. era of the internet on oh, yeah. the family computer in the computer room, praying my parents weren't like around the corner. But that was also the era where people would like come up to and be like, do you know there's bad shit on the internet? Right. You'd be like, no or, way. Or so they, normal. Like, or they'd yeah. like send you a, a random link over AIM right. and then you'd click it and it'd be the most vile shit you've but ever seen in your life. Now we know there's yeah. bad shit out there so we work hard to avoid it. Back then you were almost like, You're like what can I get? Is that allowed? What do you mean? God, remember chain mail? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I also, do you remember physical chain mail? I got yeah. physical chain letters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck oh, I that. thought you were talking about the night stuff. <laughs> Bad. That too. Yeah. That's, how, that's how old David is, is that's the kind of chain mail he was talking about. Y'all remember <laughs> That stuff's heavy. Apple just called me really freaky. Mm. What? Really? My pair of headphones have been fixed or whatever. Mm. I believe that's what they're telling me. Um, okay, so. The the key dramas here. Sure. Uh, Steve's in a fight with Lisa mm-hmm. over her college tuition because her mother sold the house he bought for them. He He's being a petty. And he kind of lashed out and, money. and yes. is not paying. And so Andy sent them a check. Andy sent them a check a in a move heart. that is kind of half sweet, half kind of a passive, passive aggressive. aggressive. Sure. Yeah, you know. But yeah. I also think it like really reinforces the fact that like Chris Ann is, world there's support. a world yes. outside of Steve That's like, yes. where we're people aware are talking that to Steve each other. is a very difficult father yes. figure. Right. Right. You know, and, and there's this whole terse conversation where Andy's like, yes, I did recommend she go into therapy and yes, it was partly because she does not have like a male And she would love if you and Chris Ann joined mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like the worst hour of my life. Yeah, seriously. If I'm the therapist, I'm like jumping out the window like fucking Max von Sydow. <laughs> Winslet reveals. Sorry, Jason Miller. What? That the magazine cover. Yes. It was a sculpture of a computer. She kind she- of like does a thing where she's like, they didn't switch that in at the last minute. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. You never were person of the year. Yeah. She and him have a really, in like when they're in that dressing room, have a really so, great like tete-a-tete moment this is- where she forces him to like. Figure shit out with Lisa. It's another moment that makes me cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when, yes, it's when he's being such a baby about Lisa. Yes. And then she starts she starts pushing the, um, the stupid one, Apple profile yeah. pictures of geniuses. That mm-hmm. part is a little... Onto a little, the ground. No, you don't like that? I just, I just think it whenever someone like throws shit off of a desk in a movie, I'm like, okay. I just like that she knows that that will upset yes, him. Yeah. She's like, my perfect... My Alan Turing nine by fours or whatever. Um, well, and- th- that's uh, sorry. There's that moment too where John Ortiz asks him who the picture is, and it's Alan oh, Turing, Turing. Yeah, and he sure. goes, "But he's not part of the campaign. Why? Because I just had to explain to you who he was." Right. But uh, uh, Steve Jobs was obsessed with Alan Turing, of course. Yes, as the urban legend yeah. goes, the Apple. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but um, but are you talking about the moment where she says being a father is supposed to yes. be the best it's thing with, in with, someone's with life? With tears in her eyes. It's this sort of weird. 
obviously this is a movie about press conferences. Uh-huh. But still, she's like with tears in her eyes. Like, America's I, greatest pastime. Right. I have been the guilty party to this. I yes. have been like silently enabling you for all these years. And I'm so guilty about it because you're such a horrible father. And like, you know, I've been watching you be a bad dad, right? Like that's basically what she's saying. Okay. Yes. Um, but yes, when I cry is when she says what you make isn't supposed to be the best of you. When you're a father, that's what's supposed to be the best of you. And for you, it's the worst is yes. the last part of that line. And oh. it's so clearly like right out of Sorkin's like brain. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? It's like so. What What was her uh, personal life like in real? She's like a fucking chiller. Chiller. The chillest chiller. You want me to look her up? Yeah. She's the daughter of an incredible Polish director. Okay. Uh, Jersey Hoffman, I believe is his name. Does she have like yep. kids in a family? <clears throat> she has of two her kids own? in yeah. a family. Okay. She's okay. an absolute fucking chiller. Sorry. Cool. Um, You're getting choked up thinking I, about no, her being I'm a just, chiller. My voice is like so destroyed. Um, yeah. No. Uh, married to Alain Rossman, a native of France who worked at the Mac team. Okay. Uh, she has two sons with him. Uh, I'm seeing here that she is uh, extraordinarily rich, just like pretty much every character in this movie, uh-huh. because of the uh, uh, profits of Apple. It is it is a funny thing when like the schlubby guys are kicking around in the background, and you have to think like, oh right, like Michael Stolbark has the money to pay for her. Right, he her, can her, just like, write off a check for twenty five thousand. Right. All these guys, they all cashed out their yeah. Apple stock right. that they got when they worked in a garage or whatever. Right. Um, and then from then on, it's like, oh, you worked on the first Macintosh. You are guaranteed any job you want in right. like this for the rest world. of your life. Yeah, yeah if yeah. you want it. Yeah, or you can just do dumb startups. That's what, and that's what Kate Winslet says. She says you can I find me at my next job, job doing literally any, whatever I want. <laughs> whatever yeah. I want. Uh, I do. The real Joanna Hoffman hates Facebook. Mm. Her, this is a quote on her, okay. on her Wikipedia page. Slay of her. She says that it is destroying the very fabric of democracy, the very fabric of human relationships, and peddling in an addictive drug called anger. Go off, queen. So I feel like she's kind of like, you know, the conscience that she uh, shows in this movie. Am, am I wrong for remembering that it's in the Isaacson book that, like, at the end of his life, Jobs was like, I found might have been a step too far. That he had a little bit of regret, sort of on that same vein of, like, I don't know. It, this might have now, we might have given people too much. Like, he might, he's definitely resistant to the iPhone. Right. And um, doesn't like the, uh, he, he is worried that it's like literally just like not going to like function, if that makes sense. But, but, but I'm not, that, I can't it, remember if he's of, like societally worried. It encouraged yeah. antisocial behavior right, after most right. of his devices yeah. were in theory him working towards this right. idea of greater yeah, connectivity. Yeah. I just think there's something to that, you know. Yeah, no, for you're, sure. You're marching further and further to this point and then you get to the place where you give people too much and it it, it almost but sours everything. I mean, yeah. I feel like his thing with the iPhone was more also just, I mean, look, the movie Blackberry is coming out this year. Great film. And, uh, which is another film along these lines about technology, but obviously it's what's so fun about it and so Canadian about it. Mm -hmm. It's a very Canadian film. Is It's about these guys who made a thing that worked and then kind of got sucked into like, well, it's got to be exactly like this forever. And, you know, eventually like the world races ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And you think about it now where you're like, why the fuck would we not want this to be the screen? Oh, yeah. Why would just the top bit be the <laughs> yes. screen and the rest be like, and apparently that was what Jobs was always like. He's like, what the fuck is this keyboard? But do you remember, I mean, because it was years of them being like, Jobs wants to fix the phone. That's right. his new focus. Right. That he was thinks- his thing. He would look at the other products and be like, no, like yeah. that's not what that should be like. Right. And then they finally reveal it and you're like, 
how do I use this dial? Yeah. Right. right. You just touch it with your finger. What the your fuck are you talking about? I remember when the iPhone came out, I was like, all right. Creepy. Enough. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to. That's gonna. not going to. Remember when ever. apps were just like, you can pour a beer. It looks like you're pouring a beer with oh, your phone. Yeah. Better that, those were what apps were. That's what apps were. That's fart. I used to have an app called Fart that just had a button you push it made a fart sound. We all had that app. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic app. Classic app. That was the most advanced app. And those were the days. And remember podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> we used to have to listen to podcasts on our iPods. I'm going to put a thousand podcasts in your pocket. Ah! <laughs> Get them out of here. <laughs> my dad, every time I see my dad, he goes like, how many hours have you guys done now? The one thing he wants have to quantify. Have you ever tallied it up? No, because I'm like, I could figure, I could tell you how many episodes it is. I like Offhand, it's like 400, whatever. And he's That's like, scary to But he's like, but like how many hours? Like 10,000 hours? You got like 20,000 hours? I'm <laughs> sure one of your listeners will tally and, it all up. In response to this. Yes, yes, and it will be kind of a horrifying I know. It's just guys. funny that that's the thing when he like talks to other adults. He wants to be like, my son has over 20,000 hours. a Gladwell-esque yeah. <laughs> expert yeah. in podcasting. 500,000 hours of evergreen. So, in the third act, yeah, he reconciles with John Scully, who For shows sure. up, and they kind of talk it out, and he mm -hmm. confesses, like, I've always been in my head about my own adoption, right? You know, the lack of control there. He talks sure. about how he eventually did discover his real father. They can't even get into the fact that he was, the way it all worked was, Mona Simpson, who is herself famous, yeah. a famous novelist, yeah. wrote Anywhere But Here, yes. wrote a bunch of yes. books. The character Mona Simpson in The Simpsons I was going to say, Ben, her. do you know this? Homer's, she was married to a Simpsons writer, so Homer's mother is named after her, Mona Simpson. Oh, no. Steve Jobs' real biological sister, who he connected with later in life and then led him to his biological father. His parents had Steve Jobs. His mother puts him up for adoption. Her father dies. And he is the one who is kind of against them being married because Steve Jobs' biological father is a Syrian immigrant who's Muslim. And her, so her father dies. They get married. They have another kid who they keep. Wow. And she is, eventually finds Steve. Yes, she eventually finds Steve. And they know. But he doesn't tell his dad. He doesn't. And but the, he realizes, I know who that is. Yeah. She's yeah. like, my dad is, your dad is this. Syrian restaurateur and he's he like brag oh, I about fucking the fact. know that guy yeah. right and he used to brag about how Steve Jobs yeah. comes into my restaurant and he never met him but then eventually the dad figured it out you can read all about it it's hard but anyway Mona Simpson weird... was married to a Simpsons writer and they named Homer's mom after her yeah the most important part of that yeah uh, they can't even get into all that but clearly this is so much a part of what he yeah why he seeks control in all parts of his life, according to Aaron Sorkin, mm -hmm. armchair psychologist. Look, I, I'm all for Aaron Sorkin's pop psychology thing because it's like your job isn't to do the factual accounting of the person's life. Your job is to find the story to tell and yes. the idea of what they represent or what they did. Um, it's it's what it's what you said very well, Olivia, which is just like I, I, I don't want a fucking biopic in the form of a cinematic Wikipedia entry. Yeah, him I like want you an to apple find fucking falling on his head. A story to tell me. And this story is about children and parents and parents yeah. and children and it's like It's like adapting any other work. Like if you're adapting real historical events, it's like, no, you find the angle. What's the story you want to tell in this piece of material? Right. Griff, you wouldn't love a little Pixar? 
Just of course. a little Pixar. Do you know? Just a sprink. Do you know that when, well, so like obviously Bale and DiCaprio were the first choice at Sony for uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, the first choice for Wozniak was Mike Wazowski. <laughs> mm. And his quote was too high. You really went down that runway. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah, he was really, it was like, it was like when, um, you know, in an old fashioned movie, someone shoots you with a musket and misses and then they're sort of hastily. <laughs> it takes a long Get it back in the yard. Right, here we go. I got to shoot you again. I'll do a little, I'll do a little behind the scenes here. I was worried about fucking up the name because Waz and Wazowski are so similar. <laughs> I was like, I could If you had said Mike Wozniak. I was like, yeah. I need to give myself some more runway to make sure I actually land this. <laughs> If I said Mike Wozniak, I would have been chased out of this. <laughs> yeah, she would, she would I would retire uh, into into a puddle. Yeah. Um, okay. The movie ends with mm -hmm. the scene we've already discussed. Him apologizing to Lisa. The computer was named after you, of course. Uh, and the then, painting. And yeah. then she gets to watch from backstage she does. something she has not done up until that point. Mm. That he always gets her yeah. out of the building. Yes. Before that can happen. But also, she leaves richer than she showed up. Because she leaves with a dream, a dream of one day having one thousand <laughs> songs. She also gets in her pocket a printout of her painting. Of course, oh. the whole time. Um, but the way you just see it through the light in the in that that's shot a good boil is move so to not smart. Cut to yeah, the, there's yeah, no insert to shot to of it. Yeah. You know, Danny Boyle's hand holding it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we forgot to get in. Oh, oh, okay, here we go. My hand. <laughs> um, but I think this ending is controversial, especially literally the last beats of it. The uh, the song by the Maccabees, which is a really nice song. Mm -hmm. Danny Boyle picked it, obviously. And him like bathed in this like heavenly light from the flash bulbs, right? And kind of like reaching out to her yeah. and the music soaring. And people are like, what's this cheesy happy ending? But he's also like far from her. Yeah. And then he turns to like come yes. closer and then he turns back to, to the, the audience. audience. Godlike, kind of mysterious, kind of unknowable. Well, this is what I want to needle you on. Not needle you in a needle's the wrong word, but I, mm. I want I want to tease out of you. Mm. I feel like you've made a lot of offhand references over the years when I hear you talk about this movie, both on and off mic, about this movie being about like humanity trying to speak to God. Well, or like it's like He's like a modern godlike figure in a sure. weird way, right? Because again, it's like you can't even just be like, "Yeah, he invented the fucking light bulb." And you're like, "Great, I know what a light bulb is. Right. Good job by him." Like, right? You know, it's like, no, wow, he was he spearheaded many important things. He's a godlike figure because it's like he became this weird icon of like post-religious society, right? Yeah, well, his fucking face yes. is like iconic. You know, it was one of the weirdest things. I, I don't. I, I, I want you to guess. No. <laughs> he he dies, right? Yeah, We're all talking about, like, you know, it was somewhat sudden. Right. The book suddenly comes out so soon after. My memory is, like, within three days of him dying, New York City was just, like, papered yeah. with billboards, right. taxi cab ads, subway ads. His face. His face. Yeah. Like, you know, gone but never forgotten, years of his life, whatever. It was, like... So quick that suddenly it felt like all of New York City was like Apple spending money to memorialize him. And it's like if if Bill Gates died, yes. the same thing would not happen. No, no, there would be people would obituaries be obituaries like, that yes, were long. There would be like long, and a consideration important historical legacy. figure, but there's not but a cult of personality. His no, face all no. over the city, and also there'd be a lot of Epstein jokes. Yeah, well, well, wow. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Where Steve Jobs has this somewhat mythic figure, yes. and this whole movie is about like. Trying to talk to this godlike figure who is also this like petty, sure, difficult man. Yeah. 
And like, I just love the, like the constant, uh, you know, con- what do you call it? What's this tension of tension? That. I'm losing my words. We've been recording for three hours, right? Yeah. Benny. Almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, we're going to sell some ads on this one. Oh, boy. Apple? Apple. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. I don't think yeah. they're interested. <laughs> they, they, like, were not... They made efforts to, like, kind of cut shut yes. this movie down. Sorkin and Tim Cook were kind of beefing yeah. publicly. Yeah, they kind of had a war yeah. words. Linux? Can we get Linux? No, yeah. But, but right. t- I'll call yeah. tech support, and I'll pitch it, pitch it to them. Right. Microsoft Edge? Mm-hmm. It, Tim Cook is a great example of, like, it, it, you've sensed the immediate shift... Yeah, no one's like, I love Tim Cook. Right. What kind of a freak loves Tim Cook? People are still in I on think Apple. He's products. all right. Yeah, yeah sure. But Tim Cook, there's no, there's no thing there in the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, there's other people like Jobs who have that weird status in our society. Can't think of one. But there's not a lot. Yeah. Sure. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, Elon Musk. God, don't bless him. Sure. But he was sort of angling for that. He was angling he really for that, but that. And then he, the, he the made a couple is, crucial errors. It's just that he's a fucking <laughs> idiot. Errors. Yeah. And what? then Steve Jobs, what, yeah. what, for whatever he was, he wasn't an idiot. He, well, yeah. he wasn't as good a poster, if that's <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, I mean, sure. Well, there's also the line in this movie of like, I don't want people to think I'm an asshole. I just don't care what they think or whatever he says. Sure. Which is like the exact opposite of Elon Musk. Which, mm, please yeah. like me. I want you to find me funny. I think he I says made a little joke. <laughs> I think Job says he's indifferent to whether or not yes. people like him. And then Hertzfeld right. says, "Well, for what it's worth, I never did." I right. don't want people to dislike me. I'm indifferent to whether they dislike. Musk me. Musk could not care more. That guy? Are you really sure he cares what people think of him? Yeah. Lol. I find it so funny that you're triggered. I don't care at all. That's pretty good. Thank you. I'm working on it. Sith Africans kind of a hard one. Yeah, Um, yes. Um, but right. And like then just the idea of us being like, why are you like this? And him being like, I'm poorly made. Like, and I don't like that either, which is why I'm trying to build you perfect, beautiful things. Why don't you like my perfect, beautiful things? I'm poorly made is like the best line in this. When Sorkin it's like when Sorkin wrote that, he poured himself a glass of scotch (laughs) and had a great wank. Just a great one. (laughs) Yes. He was he must have been so proud of himself. It's so good. And nothing nothing he puts his fingers to drink. Nothing else he does is doesn't poorly made. Matter. Jobs doesn't do poorly made things. No. But no. he himself can't fix is it. poorly made. Can't fix it. And he also knows <laughs> it. it's that question. What could be so wrong in me at a month? Right. And Jeff Daniels is like, nothing. nothing. You're yeah, obsessed with like, it. like, it's factual. It's like something. Like, I did something I got wrong as a one-month-old baby. I'm poorly made. Right, right. And of course, Jeff Daniels maybe could have butted in with another line and be like, it's very stressful to have a one-month-old. Maybe they just couldn't handle it. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a lot of things. You can, but no, it's yeah. all it's all part of the metaphor. Um, it's a beautiful movie. Poorly oh, God, it's such a beautiful movie. Maybe I'll watch it again. So I, I did watch it last night and then again this morning just to make sure I didn't. Oh, Watching yeah. it back to back is a great experience. Oh, yeah. It'll pick up on a little something new every time. This was one of those movies where it had a good, even with some of the pushback, it had a good like sort of launch at the festivals. And then they're putting it out in limited release. I remember playing maybe only at Lincoln Square here in New York. Or maybe it was two theaters, but I feel like it opened in like one New York, one LA. Is that possible? Very possible. I just remember limited series of showtimes that opening weekend. And I saw that there was like one ticket available late on Friday night. And I was like, you know what? I'm just so eager to see this fucking thing and join the discourse after I've been reading people write reviews of this for the last two months. I'm going to go see this now. And then felt pretty deflated by it uh, at that time. But it was like jam-packed, sold out, mm-hmm. the kind of like 
insane per screen average opening. And people were like, well, it's going to be another hit. And then weekend two, done. It was well, one of those they things where they expanded it very quickly, yeah. which is probably what, a mistake. And it's also something that I think Boyle says is a mistake. Yeah. He's like, they kind of fucked it up on release yeah. and it shouldn't have gone that quickly. But that um, first weekend, people were like, oh, the, the excitement for this is huge. People are dying to see this fucking thing. Like, That's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird. It's expansion weekend. Because the Martian the, is crushing. The per screen that first weekend? Uh, 43,000. I mean. And how many screens? Uh, four screens. Four, sorry. yeah, I think uh, it was too near to only. Sorry, it's 130,000 per screen average. Yeah, it's humongous. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, when it goes wide, it goes to 7 million. Mm-hmm. Kind of disappointing. It's opening, yeah. it, it goes wide to number seven below paranormal activity, the ghost dimension. Yeah. <sighs> the last witch hunter. Not a bad movie. Not a bad movie. A movie that's actually <laughs> much like Steve Jobs, grown better with age. Um, but, uh, you know, did they expand it too quickly? Maybe. I think the public was just like, ah, yeah, enough with this guy and not, not grabbed enough by the names in the cast. It is the funny thing. And the reviews were like positive, but not raised. For all the hand wringing about getting this movie made and all the emails of like, we can't make it for this budget. We can't make it with this actor. It's like, they were all proven right commercially. All the concerns were valid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you do, if you yeah. want to read a really good rave of this movie, A.O. Scott wrote one for mm. the Times Genius. that is very, very good. And is like, is this movie as like formally perfect as the social network? No, mm. but that gives it this like humanistic edge to it that yeah. makes it like something else entirely. Like comparing the two isn't going to do anyone any favors, but... This is a great movie. Uh, talk, talking about other uh, film critics, the great, the great Michael Phillips, who was once uh, A.O. Scott's co-host on the the last respectable version of At the Movies. Yeah. Um, they had him on our, our buddies' uh, film spottings uh, episode on the Sight and Sound Top Ten, where he was talking about his own Top Ten and how he came up with it. And he said this thing that stuck with me that I really liked, where he was like, I don't know if I have a single film on my Top Ten that I think is a perfect movie. But that maybe speaks to my love of films that have some power without needing to be formally perfect. Right. And there was something I appreciated of him just admitting that where he's like, I recognize perfect movies, but I'm not going to go off the criteria of the 10 most perfectly made films right, where are the like, 10 best. I'm like, I can, I, I can prefer movies with flaws that somehow achieve some greater thing. I uh, totally agree, Michael. My yeah. National Society of Film Critics colleague. Just saw him. Right. At the meeting. Um, great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, box office game. It opened number 16, four screens. Okay. October 9th, mm-hmm. 2015. So is this first weekend of the Martian? Second. Wow. Martian so was Martian so big. Crushing. The Martian was a huge fucking Did Martian movie. do 250 domestic? 228. Okay. Pretty good. Big. Bring him home. Bring him home. And you know what? <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Of course, the funniest movie of the year. <laughs> so it won the Golden Globe for, for for Remember when he right. got stuck on Mars. It was pretty funny. There's <laughs> like to, a whole poop bit. He has to make potatoes. Potatoes. Out of his fertilizer. Gotta listen to all that disco music. Look, my TikTok, and I've tweeted about this. Sure. My TikTok has recently decided rather than show me the work of 
America's Darling Influencers mm. or it's Young Babies. It showed sure. me a lot of babies back in the day. Pets. Mm-hmm. Great. Hilarious fails. Yeah, I talked about I only get impressionists. Sure. You get old school impressionists. <laughs> yeah. I did recently get a clip of Jimmy Stewart on the Carson show, which was oh. amazing. Uh, like old Jimmy yeah, Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly now it's just like, do you just want a three-minute clip from like a movie from the 2010s that yes. appeals to dads? And Obviously. I'm like, and the thing with TikTok is if you watch it, then it'll they're, be like, they're you like, yeah. <laughs> And you I'll just more? be like, it's just Captain Phillips. What's he <laughs> Wait, doing? okay. I recently <laughs> so, and now it just shows. Me I got these like things. the last scene of Captain Phillips on TikTok recently, and I was like, yeah. Y- you just immediately it. like yeah, not his blood. So like <laughs> S- Sully. Uh-huh. S- spotlight. Do you like Sully? Oh, that guy saved so many souls. Um, Captain Phillips. Yeah. The Martian. Yeah. And I've been recently watching some Martian clips, and I'm like, it's pretty good. I should rewatch the Martian. Watch it's the like Martian. a really, it's an entertaining movie. Highly entertaining. It's so Just entertaining. What a bug nuts cast. When you step Crazy back cast. and you're like, Kristen Wig. Donald and, Glover's in that Donald movie. Donald Glover's in that Wong. movie. Jeff Daniels dancing Jeff on Daniels, the dialogue. Exactly. He's do, back. Do a little Being show. like, well, I don't know if NASA would approve of that. I don't know what he's doing. I don't like uh, The Martian, a celebrated hit. Based on a bestseller, directed by a good director, best mm-hmm. picture nominee, Matt Damon being a movie star. Mm-hmm. What's to what's not to like? Yeah. Number two at the box office in its third week, an animated comedy. Okay. We've covered it on this podcast. We've covered it on this podcast. Is it Hotel Transylvania Two? Dos. Mm. The weakest, but still a strong yeah. hotel. Well, you say the weakest. Someone has not seen Transformania. I have not. That's absolutely true. I have not seen Hotel Transylvania for Olivia Craighead. Yes. My my dear friend. Yes. Have you seen any of the Hotel Transylvania films? Have you checked into the Hotel T? Um... Maybe I've seen the first one. Well, you know where you should also see. And I was like, and I was like kind of charmed by it. Um, um, uh I got got a couple other stays to recommend for you in that case and you know what I remember either seeing the trailer or seeing the poster for the one where they're on a cruise ship Uh and I was like (laughs) and I was like that's funny. It's yeah. just like the conceit of it. I was like, they gotta I'm take a laughing. vacation from their vacation. Right. It's like high concept. I was like, you know what? That's Olivia, probably great. Do you know what happens on a cruise ship? What happens? A lot of funny <laughs> stuff. What? Oh. What oh, doesn't happen? Blobby oh, gets Blobby. Up to some stuff. Big puppy. Oh. Maybe I gotta go take a cruise. Oh, the big puppy. Yeah. Check out Hotel Transylvania. You, you can honestly jump to three. I was okay. gonna, no, I actually think it's gonna be really hard to track the plot of three <laughs> if you don't see two. Um, Number three at the box office, yeah. clearly hoping to have been the number one movie. It's mm-hmm. new this week. It's okay. a, it's um, a children's action adventure fantasy film based hmm. on a classic text. It's on a classic. It text. is the definition of an absolute fucking blank check bouncing all the way across the world. Huh. So it's not Wrinkle in Time, but it's no. that kind of thing. Were they still yes. making like Narnias at this point? I mean, who knows? But it's not an Narnia. Okay. But you're you're. Is this a first book? It's 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 it's, it's a, a one it's book. A, it's a classic work. Is it Pan? It is Pan. Joe writes Pan. Joe, Joe writes, writes Pan. Wow. Hugh Jackman is Blackbeard. Yes. And Garrett Hedlund is Garrett Hedlund. Hot. Oh is it Hunter Hedlund? Yeah. Garrett Hedlund is Hot Hook. Right. What's your name? John Hook. Um, Me here with these two normal hands. Uh, um, Rooney Mara as Tiger Lily in one of the uh, oh, that was more a whole, disastrous casting yeah. decisions of recent <laughs> years. Uh, a musical number uh, in which the um, right, they Lost do Boys smells like s- sing spirit? smells like Teen Spirit. Um, this movie is not real. Real, that's real. real. It's what? Re- real. That oh, it's real as a heart attack. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, was it for? I don't children. know. Who, no one, no, no one knows who it was <laughs> like for. Two hundred million dollars. No. The, the FBI is still trying to figure out who that <laughs> movie was for. Yeah, uh, it made thirty-five million dollars domestically. Domestically, yeah. Um, they would have been disappointed if that were the opening. They would have been, and yet that was uh, not the opening. No. Number four at the box office. Mm-hmm. A Loki Charmer, the mm. last film by this great director, but maybe she's got another movie coming soon. Okay, so she's not retired. It is called The Intern. It's called The Intern. Uh, what if Robert De Niro Nancy. was an intern? Yeah. We've all heard of interns. Sure. Got it. Sure. What yeah. if? Zach Strapping. Perlman. Yeah. Right. Zach <laughs> <laughs> and fine. The guy who directed Big Time Adolescence. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, what if the the intern was old? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Think about that, wait, guys. Wait, 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 what do you mean? Like seven, like retired, like retired, like bored and like retired. Like Lavin is trying to fuck him in the middle of Park Slope. Too old to learn new tricks. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. Wait, is he going to teach? Wait, is he going to teach the busy CEO of this company any life lessons? I think. So. I think she might. Is he going to maybe like not put his thumb on the scale hard enough for like divorce your fucking cock husband? <laughs> the worst <laughs> husband in the history of movies. Who is Anders Holm? Anders Holm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, um, mistakes I, were made in the mid two thousand. I have I have faith that Nancy will get this movie made. Starring. Stay with me, Michael, Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Michael F. Not Bender. someone who you felt was on the no. runway for romantic comedy. Michael but. Fassbender in a Nancy Myers movie is like it. something that was made in a lab just for me. Well, my understanding uh, of this project is it sounds a little uh, uh, America's Sweethearts e, where Fassbender and Cruz would be the like temperamental, difficult, self serious movie stars in the movie being made. By Owen Wilson, Scarlett Johansson, who would actually be the proper romantic. Yes. And they right. are Michael Fassbender Nancy... is not a Charles Shire type. Yeah, I was right. going to say, and they're yeah. the Nancy and Charles Shire. Right, right, right. right, right. Owen yeah. Wilson, more of a Charles Shire type. Yes. I don't it's know. It's like, man. sign me, sign me up. Know. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Uh, Wilson, wild? well, I guess Wilson, Weatherspoon. Yeah, we've been recording for three hours. What? No, Wilson, Weatherspoon are both in Inherent Vice, but not in scenes together. But it feels like they, they oh, oh, well, fucking, how do you know? Yes. How do you know? I'm sorry. Why am I saying Britherspoon? I'm combining home again. Wilson and Johansson, have they ever done anything together? What am are I talking both, about? Are they both Wes Anderson? Is she a Wes Anderson person? We've been in here so long that my brain has fried. I don't know. I can't answer that question for you. My They're both fried. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but in different places. Oh, okay. oh I forgot that he's in the... Okay. Loki, come on. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta fix the timeline. Have Get you channel. seen that interview? Whatever late night talk show it was. Griffin, this better be good. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Like oh, the Martian. It's so funny. I don't know. Oh, God. It's on Kimmel or whatever. They said, how do you feel when they call you and ask you to be in the Marvel Universe? And he went, oh, great. You know, Kevin Feige called me. Talk about this character. And I said, uh, what, you know, what, what, what's his powers? Well, he's kind of he's like a really good listener. Okay. Was it worth it? <laughs> ben is so mad. Ben is number five up, at the box office. Going to the bathroom. Yep. Is a um, crime drama. Okay. From a blank check director we have yet to cover. Okay. A uh, great film, in my opinion. Huh. Uh, very dark. Very dark. Very dark. It's not killing them softly. No. I love that movie. That's a dark movie. We're never doing him, though. Well, he made a mistake. <laughs> he made a whoopsie. <laughs> he made a three-hour whoopsie. Did you see Blonde? Of course not. I respect myself. Yeah. Olivia, you do respect yourself. I, I had too many people texting me being like, I couldn't get through Blonde, or like telling me about what happens in Blonde, and I was like, why would I no. waste my time? Why? Same. Why? I don't have so much precious time I on this it. earth. I saw it in a theater. Mm. Ugh. 
It's all happening. Uh, okay, wait. Uh, Blank Check Filmmaker, Incredibly Dark Crime Film, 2015. It's a flop? No, kind of a low-key hit. What's it's a sequel. Sicario? Sicario. Got it. Do you like Sicario? I like... I. Here's a fun fact about me. I saw Sicario in Paris. Wow. That's just... Oh, and, ooh, la, la. Uh, ooh la la, indeed. Yeah. Kind of too American. late... <laughs> kind of too late into my, into my semester abroad <laughs> did I realize you could go to the movies. It's yeah. the best thing to it's do. It's the best Paris. thing to the do. The number one best thing to you'll do. They'll give you, you know, an yeah. English movie, yeah. French yeah. subtitles. French very, subtitles, very... or they'll, you know, it's great. It's hard. Sicario is hard, though, because when they're speaking Spanish in Sicario, the subtitles are in French. Or you got to just, yeah, try and block your French and. Yeah, that's kind of. I was like, okay, kind of figure this out. Oh, also in the top 10, The Scorch. We were in the Scorch. The Scorch Trials. Welcome Is to that the, the Maze Runner? Yes, the sequel? Maze Runner colon the Scorch Trials. That's two? Two. That's the one where Dylan O'Brien almost died. No, that's no, he Death died on Cure. Three. I mean, oh, okay. almost Which died. is three. They found the cure for death. It was uh, almost long, killing long Dylan production O'Brien. hiatus, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, number seven is The Walk, also expanding this weekend. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to New York City. Uh, number eight, Black Mass. God. Ugh. Ugh. Jesus Christ. That's, that that's is a lot of early Oscar season wipeouts. That's the definition of like a fucking Wikipedia entry movie for me. Right, right, right. Is yeah, that right. the Whitey Bulger? Yeah. yeah. Hey, what's the what's the matter with you? Oh, I'm Whitey right. Bulger. Yeah. Um, number nine, Everest. Kind of another, mm-hmm. not even a flop, but like Oscar whiff, but yeah. I like that movie. I still need to see it. Never seen it. Uh, and number ten, the visit. Uh, M Night Shyamalan's mm. low key comeback. A lot of, of blank check movies in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good time Good for time. me. I don't remember what was going on. In my life. I don't either. It's just crazy. So many blank check movies. And so, uh, <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It? I feel like it's the kind of movie that. Boyle doesn't get enough credit for sure because it becomes the Sorkin, the Sorkin. movie, yeah. yeah. And obviously, the Sorkin script is very important, mm-hmm. but I think it's a beautifully made film. I think it's a very great meeting of the minds for two guys who are kind of like maximalists in like different ways, yes, absolutely. And they yeah. like really meet and gel, yeah. in a great way. And I would love it if Sorkin would let other people direct his I stuff again. We really need it. There are a lot of guys who could do it, <sighs> it's not him, wise. but. Like, get Soderbergh in there. What's your problem? Oh, Imagine please. that. Imagine. Imagine. That would be great. That would, he need, that's what he needs. a good needs. question. Who do I want to see tackle anyone. a Sorkin script? <laughs> Truly, anyone. Anyone. <laughs> yeah. Anyone. I'll do it. I'll, I'll scratch one director off the list. Who's that? Aaron Sorkin. Ah. Okay. Does not seem to have a way <laughs> with the material. Next week. Yes. After these strange post-Oscar years, Danny Boyle retreats to a sequel. His the first one sequel. that everyone's demanded, begged him to do for 20 years. T2 train spot. And then they say, sorry, I was washing my hair that day. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what's next week. Take us out, please. Griffin Newman. Olivia Craighead. Oh, we Guys. love her. Five-timer. 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 Thank you so much for having me. I am exhausted now. Yes, I feel like we all kind of ran a marathon together. Absolutely. Um, yes. Wouldn't have it any other way. Though. Imagine how much more difficult it would have been with the treadmills, <laughs> with the goddamn treadmills. <laughs> if this, if we had done this on treadmills, it would have been an hour and a half, which I actually think people would be really mad about. Yeah, yeah it would have sped us up because we would have been out of breath. Yeah, we would have been heaving. Imagine us being like, and the Lisa is. <laughs> 
Huffin Huffle. like Rogan. Huffin and Puffin about local integrated systems architecture. Uh, anything you want to plug, Olivia? No. Great. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Olivia's the best. Follow her on things. Olivia or Craig. leave her alone. Or, or leave me alone. Um, yeah, that's We had kind a great dinner around. at Joe Jr. the oh, other... Okay, shut the fuck we up. We had burgers. <laughs> this good. is not... I'm trying to end the show <laughs> over here. David, give me some really good gossip. About what? About who? We'll talk about it later. My... You're gonna tell me off, Mike. Though I the can't remember what it was, but I better. Well, you good. you clearly remember. I yeah. Okay, so we're finishing this fucking episode. Oh, I remember what it was, and it was good. Thank you all for <laughs> listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media, Lane Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song, Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork, JJ Birch for our research. David is going to sleep. Don't wake Daddy, folks, <laughs> over here in the corner, putting the sleeping cap over his head. Don't get too rested. We got to record ads. Oh, right. Alex Barron, AJ McKeon for our editing. David, his eyes have turned into flames. <laughs> uh, go to blankcheckpod.com for links to some real nerdy shit, including our Patreon, Blank Check special features where we do franchise commentaries like the Men in Black films. We're also doing the Boyle Olympic ceremony as we talked, but I think that will have already dropped by. Now tune in next week for T2 Trainspotting 2 Judgment Day. And as always, I'm up to 236 diamonds. <laughs> Thank you for calling the Burger Report hotline. 802-8-BURGER. Please leave a message with your FAMO type of burger and location, and we will try to put it on the podcast if we can. That's 802-8-BURGER. Hey, Griffin and David. Um, a couple years ago... I was walking to my friend's apartment and I got a text that said to look into Whitman's in New York on like 9th Street. And they said, look into the window and tell us who that man is eating a burger because we know he's famous, but we don't know who it is. So I walk by, I look in and I saw Danny Boyle, same director of Slumdog Millionaire eating a burger.